Welcome to the Jacks Rangers Show, a New England Free Jacks fan podcast. And now, Rangers, here's your host, Phil Harris. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers Show, broadcasting from beautiful Manchester, New Hampshire, here in the Granite Outpost. We are ever so close to the preseason. Welcome to episode 59, Rivals Part 2 is what we're calling this one. On this episode, we have our very good friends from across the league, our correspondents, Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt from the Rugby Rant, Matt Courtright, who is a super fan of the Seattle Seawolves, and our very good friend Tammy McQueen of Rugby ATL. That will be the interview lineup for you. Let me tell you about our friends here at Storm Along American Hard Cider before we hit that theme music. Respect the apple is their motto, and their ciders are always made with 100% high-quality, fresh-pressed, locally-sourced apples from orchards across New England. Find Storm Along Hard Cider in stores, bars, and restaurants across New England. Check out their locator on their website, stormalong.com, to find locations near you. And please take advantage of this promo code, guys. It is TJRS at checkout for 10% off your first online order at their website, stormalong.com. Get their cider delivered right to your door or check out their locator to find locations where you can find Stormalong near you. With that being said, let's jump right into the episode here. Saddle up. Let's ride into episode 59, Rivals Part 2. Hit that mother effing theme music, baby. Kick that mule. Woo! Huzzah! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I'm joined with a very special guest this time around. We are doing our correspondent segments here. This is Rob, the Hammer Hammerschmidt from the Rugby Rants. Rob, how the hell are you? Oh, I'm uh, I'm doing well. Things are going pretty smoothly. Just uh, you know, kind of almost like in a hangover after a month of rugby between qualifiers and mm-hmm. internationals. It's been pretty fun. Speaking of and women's World Cup, by the way. Yes, that's true. Speaking of hangovers, this is the Storm Along Unfiltered interview that we're doing here. Um, you'll rarely get a hangover from cider, at least that's my experiences. Don't drink too many, though, because I guess it, it's kind of a guarantee eventually that you'll get there. Uh, Rob, you know, you bring up uh, interesting points about what's been going on in the rugby landscape the past month or so. A lot been going on with 15s. What hasn't been going on, unfortunately, because we're in the offseason right now, is um, Major League Rugby. But before we get too far into anything regarding that, let's talk about your background real quick. Some people might be watching you on the show here for the very first time. I know you've been on here previously, but give us a quick, very quick rundown of your background, uh, rugby and personal. Oh, yeah. So basically, I'm a Midwest guy. I've lived... uh up and down I-55 from Milwaukee to St. Louis. Um, But I really picked up rugby actually uh, once I settled in Chicago suburbs and became a teacher. Uh, Mm -hmm. Played rugby eh, for about 10 years. And then once my kids started getting involved in things, um, you know, I just didn't have a ton of time to devote to playing. Um, So um, after a while, when one of my kids got old enough to begin playing himself, I got back into rugby, was able to share that experience with my son. Um, and uh, since then, I've really, you know, re-engaged in rugby, you know, full stop and 
had a lot of fun with it and um, just kind of rather than being involved in the coaching end of things uh, now that he's, you know, been in college for a couple of years, just doing other things involved with rugby and, and obviously the rugby rant and uh, the no gold diggers podcast are two of those pieces. Yeah. I wanted to bring that up because I know that you're doing this new podcast, the NOLA fan podcast. Uh, yeah. Talk about that and also kind of give us a rundown of what's been going on lately with the rugby rant. Well, let me hit the rugby rant first of uh, the rugby rant. We took a little bit of hiatus as we generally do in the fall, you know, early fall, just before things start to ramp up, obviously with mm -hmm. the women's world cup kicking on and, and qualifiers and the, you know, we don't cover a ton of the fall internationals. We focus more on North American rugby. We really covered, um, the women's world cup pretty hard. And of course the qualifier, um, ties, uh, had to take a hiatus from the show just to take care of some personal business. So Scott and I've been batting down the hatches and keeping, uh, things moving along. It's been going pretty well. And of course, you know, um, I think the MLR has kind of picked up on the idea that if you keep things relevant throughout the year, mm -hmm. you can kind of keep, uh, that train rolling, so to speak. And, yep. you know, we're starting to see some kitmas reveals trickle out as opposed to the one off, you know, huge reveal of every team. Now we're just mm -hmm. seeing those trickle out. So I, you got to imagine with the schedule released a couple of weeks ago, and then now, kit, you know, the kits being released that we're going to do a lot of coverage of that kind of stuff. So yes. it's been a lot of fun. And we're going about three years, 115, uh, 16 episodes just completed. Should be wow. coming out on Thursday. Yeah. Incredible. So, uh, yeah. So it's been pretty great. Um, this fall with the draft and NOLA's, you know, four draft picks, ultimately I decided to um, give a little back to the NOLA fan base and, and, and do a little something called the NOLA Gold uh, Diggers podcast. Mm -hmm. um, not saying it's every week. It it's kind of depends on my schedule. Um, but, it, you know, I covered their draft picks uh, and then I got a, an interview with each of some of the players that perhaps aren't hugely high profile players, but they're guys mm -hmm. that are critical to the team. And a lot of these guys are, um, uh, are players that are beloved by the Nola gold fans. So, you know, right. like doc Ira, you know, doc's a guy who's, you know, 30, I think he's 33 or 34. Um, he's a currently serving Naval corpsman works oh, with wow. the Marines. So, you know, he's, but he's not going to be, I mean, he plays for the gold, but he's not going to be a guy that's going to, you know, be in the Eagles mix or anything like that. Right. Not that, that matters, but he's a, he's not as well known, you know, he's not like a Cam Dolan, for example, or a Moni yes. or, you know, something like that. So um, covering guys like that, has been a lot of fun because I get to know them a little bit better and share my knowledge with uh, of them and a little bit of fun with them with uh, other gold diggers. That's awesome. I'm so glad that you're uh, doing that now. You're kind of in the, the realm of like the fan shows at this point, along with yeah. the Jacks Rangers show. That's very, very cool. So glad that that is out there available for NOLA Gold fans to, to tune in to listen to that. Um, let's talk real quick about, you know, because you mentioned it earlier, you are um, a uh, Chicago guy. Uh, I think that's yeah. fair to say you have a little bit of uh, history with uh, St. Louis as well with connections there. What are your overall thoughts with Chicago joining the league? And are you prepared to make a fandom switch live on the show here from NOLA to Chicago on the Jacks Ranger show? So uh, <laughs> what do I think of uh, Chicago joining the MLR? Well, mm -hmm. quite frankly, um, Chicago needs pro rugby in yeah. some form or fashion. Uh, and I think the MLR needs Chicago. Um, you know, so it's a symbiotic relationship. Uh you know, having an MLR team here in Chicago is critical to help the growth of the sport at all levels. Yes. Um, you know, there are obviously the MLR has done some things, or at least teams have done some things to really help grow the sport from youth um, and perhaps in some cases providing collegiate uh, coaches and then 
of course, you know, U23 development programs that are going on. Um, so that's been critical. Um, now the MLR is broken into the third largest market in the United States. I think that's really important. And it's a huge rugby market for those that aren't aware. I mean, two D1 clubs. And then, you know, uh, I think we tallied it up at one point, close to 50 clubs, uh, along with, you know, then you wow. got, and, and you got some high school and, um, um, girls programs and, and, you know, middle school and youth programs. So, you know, it's a huge rugby market. Um, and, and I know some of the guys involved, I of course interviewed, uh, Matt Satchwell as a part of the rugby rant. He's the chief legal officer and chairman for the hounds. Uh, and I, I am familiar with James English. He and I have had some exchanges. So, you know, that being said, I'm going to, uh, kind of stay consistent with what I've said all along. Um, I don't know whether fans know this and, yeah, you know, it, it probably it's okay to release this. Uh, I was involved with a group out of Chicago that actually had been involved in an ENA with the, with the, with the MLR at one point mm -hmm. uh, in, in the last year. Uh, it didn't work out for us. Uh, so I'm happy for those boys to have, have picked up the mantle or at least, you know, engaged in, you know, that mantle, so to speak, um, and carry the torch. So I hope they do well. I hope they have a lot of success. Um, but ultimately for me, when I was going through that process and there was the potential that I would be joining, you know, the management and, and small teeny ownership pie of, uh, of, uh, an MLR, you know, team, that was our, that was what we were pushing for. Um, yeah. I, I basically said, you know, if, if somebody's cutting my check, I'm, I, I'll be a fan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so sure. that long winded answer is what I would say, you know, if, if I'm, if they're paying me, you know, I'll switch allegiances, but, um, sure. I guess I would ask any of the Chicago fans out there, if they moved to green Bay and they're, they're big bears fans, if they moved to green Bay, uh, would they all of a sudden become green Bay fans? I don't think so. Those, Probably those, not. Yeah. those colors don't change so easily. So you know, I still bleed uh, gold and black, um, but I sure hope that the hounds have a tremendous success. Um, you know, I've been involved in, in setting up their fan page on Facebook, um, cool. you know, even help, you know, kind of bringing some people who are, uh, recent to the city, Rick Collins, as you know, helped set, he set up the fan page actually, and then asked me to take it over. And then I, I provided a couple admins who are in the city. Now one of them is a friend of Rick's on Glen Burr. Um, and a couple, a couple other folks here and kind of said, Hey, let's take this baby and run with it. You guys be the fan, the core fans, and you guys, uh, make it happen. I'll be there to help in any way I can, because ultimately, like I said, you know, program rugby in Chicago is a good thing. Um, Absolutely. and, and I, I want to, you know, MLR rant says, you know, we're trying to grow rugby one fan at a time. And if, if that's what I can do to help out and, and help people uh, carry it forward, then, then that's what I'll do. That's awesome, man. I mean, obviously having Chicago on board was a huge, huge thing that the need, yeah. the league needed to get done. And I'm so happy to see it. If you looked at a map and you saw all the cities that MLR had, there was a huge hole in the middle of the country, right? Yeah. If you don't count the Texas teams, that there was just nothing there. So it's great to have that huge TV and sports market on board. I'm super happy. What's your thoughts on the logo and uh, the name? Um, you know, I think just like everything else, it takes time to grow on you. I mean, the hounds is, I mean, there's the, the Cincinnati Wolfhounds and there's some other how, you know, kind of hound based, uh, you know, rugby teams out there. I don't know that I've seen the hounds exclusively, um, in some major clubs. So I, you know, so it's, it's pretty cool. It's grown on me. Um, the colors are nice, you know, obviously some Irish heritage in Chicago. It's, you know, and yes, you know, that that's a huge connection. Um, I, honestly, I would have liked to seen a little bit more tied to Chicago colors, yes. you know, because you're going to bring kind of the Chicago city together, but you know, I mean, that's just a personal preference. Uh, sure. they, they have their own mm -hmm. reasons and, and 
you know, the logo itself is interesting because as when it first was revealed, uh, my son Preston, who is, you know, the rugby, the rugby player of my, of my yes. two wonderful boys, um, you know, said, Hey dad, well, there's a lot of symbolism in this. I'm like, Oh really? You know? And he said, <laughs> cause he, he took a Chicago history class, I think in high school or college. And he's, you know, he's like, yeah, well, the, you know, the forks is that's, that's in a lot of skyscrapers and a lot of the buildings built into the city. It's to symbolize the two rivers, uh, the Chicago, you know, the rivers in Chicago, mm-hmm. you know, um, if you look on it, there's actually CTA transit coins that used to be produced, have the same kind of emblem on there. So a lot of symbolism built in there. And I think they tried to pay homage to that, to those elements in the city. So, um, it was a, it was pretty cool, um, you know, way to build it in. Of course, the stars are on there. Uh, a yes. little bit of little bit of back and forth among some fans and whether those stars should be red as the Chicago flag has them or yeah. blue. To be honest with you, I think the red would have made a way too broad a color palette. I think the yes. blue is a nice touch. So you know, um, I hey, who can who can fault them for coming up with something creative and that that has the heart you know that what the city's about and some of the roots of the city built in it. Yeah, it's pretty cool that they included the the light blue of the Chicago flag there. Um, you know, it doesn't really mesh well with the green per se, especially if they would have brought red into it as you're talking about. But at least they're yeah. trying a little bit to incorporate some symbolism, as you're saying, uh, with the city and stuff like that. So that's kind of cool. Um, you know, we we posted online uh, the the copying meme of uh, Mr. Bean copying uh, Game of Thrones because it, it's very Game of Thrones, but yeah. I guess that's kind of cool for some folks as well. Um, let's kind of steer back towards your correspondence. The reason why we have you on the show is because you're a super fan of uh, New Orleans or the NOLA Gold, if you will. Mm-hmm. They finished the regular season in fifth place in the Eastern Conference with 25 points, four wins and 12 losses with a point differential of minus 159. Your overall thoughts about last season? Well, um, it, it wasn't good enough. I mean, uh, you know, I, I've actually am- – I consider myself, uh, myself and, and, uh, GM Ryan Fitzgerald friends. Um, Mm -hmm. I spoke with him actually just a couple days ago. Uh, and you know, we kind of debriefed after last season and, and he was the first guy to put his hand up and say, you know, that's on me. I'll own that. Um, and, and so I think we can all agree that that's not good enough. I think they had their eye on the playoffs. Uh, they came up just short, you know, that there's that kind of monkey that's been on their back for a number Mm -hmm. of seasons. They're one of the, one of the, only originals left still in the league that they're the only one that hasn't made the playoffs. So there is kind of that monkey sitting out there. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I, I think they have some work to do. Right. Um, so, you know, 2019, 2021, they came close, but last year they, they just, they just didn't yeah. get it done. Uh, I think they tried to identify some needs. You know, Carlos Spencer came in as a back coach. I th- really think they, thought mm-hmm. that that would help beef up their attack. Um, but you know, um, it didn't, it, you know, I'm not blaming Carlos. It just, it just wasn't the solution to what ailed them. They, they yes. needed to come up with another solution. So, um, yeah, I, I think the reality is, uh, you know, they got to eye the playoffs if they, if they don't, it'll be a massive disappointment moving forward. I agree. And, and just for a moment, I'm going to you know talk about that for a moment. I just wanted to throw in here. My mom is watching from North Carolina. How cool is that? Hi, mom. Uh, but I did want to just talk real quick about what you're, you're referring to there. Ultimately, you know, I think NOLA, as you're saying, is the only team left from the original founding members of the league that have not made the playoffs. And I think 
maybe they kind of let Nate Osborne go because he had not achieved that yet, or maybe that was part of the whole thing. Um, ultimately, it seemed kind of a little puzzling that they let him go right before the season started, or it seemed that way at least. Um, you know, he had built the team from the ground up. Do you think the late exit exit of Nate Osborne contributed to the poor season for Nola? I think obviously what they're trying to do is they, they want to build a team that can get into the playoffs and get that monkey off their back, but they ba- basically took a big step back. Um, is that because of the replacement, uh, Kane Thompson, not ready for the position, or what's going on? He was also awarded a contract extension midway through the season. What's going on down there? So let me take a step back and and say that uh, the, I don't think the record, you know, missing the playoffs of previous year in 2021 had anything to do with uh, his okay. exodus. Um, again, I talked to Ryan a little bit and, um, you know, there are some things that I, you know, I'm going to out of respect for both Ryan and Nate. Um, sure. I'll leave it be. Uh, but that wasn't it. Um, okay. And, and you know, the, the late um, late exodus of Nate, I think, was more chalked up to the fact that, you know, um, the team needed uh, certain commitments and and they gave Nate as much time as they thought he had earned and deserved to to kind of make some decisions about that. And ultimately, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it kind of came to the point where where the team needed to move forward with or without him. And, okay. um, you know, they they did that, um, you know, uh, you know, putting bringing Kane into the head coaching position. Um I don't think it was on Kane's uh, feet at all, really. I mean, it was a it was tough to for him to get things together, kind of that late in the game. But you mm-hmm. know, he had been an assistant coach, so he he right. understood his personnel, his strengths and weaknesses. Um, I think really it more had to do with you know uh, it had a little bit more to do with some personnel, um, you know, that was on the pitch. And and again, mm-hmm. I'm not going to speak ill will of any players, uh, but you know, if you go back to the stats you're looking at. Uh, anybody, uh, you know, somebody could t- kind of take a look at those and maybe find where, right. um, you know, perhaps where there could have been um, some improvements be made. Uh, so, well, I suppose we'll talk about what they're going to do to address those improvements yes, as we sure. move forward. I mean, it, it's pretty glim or, or, you know, dark looking at the just the four wins and the 12 losses and the point differential is just astronomical. But I, I think one of the main things that people should keep in mind, especially Rangers out there that might just assume that New Orleans is just going to lay down for the Free Jacks this coming season, that's not the case because that organization, I think, has had a fire lit under their ass with how they performed last year. And I, I truly believe that they're one of the most improved teams. And we'll get into that in a moment. They seem to be getting guys left and right. And I think that they have you know, this arsenal that they're building down there to try to make this playoff push. So um, let's talk about building the the program back up. New Orleans selected four picks in the 2022 collegiate draft, including a guy I would have loved to have on the Jacks. You know, you and I were a part of the uh, the rugby rant draft mm-hmm. night. I was there the entire night. I had my little my sheet of all the players that I wanted the Free Jacks to get, and and one by one, all the other teams, including you know DC, you guys down in NOLA, um, Scott Ferrara's uh, New Jersey team were selecting the guys that I wanted, and this guy Trent Rogers, a prop out of Cootstown, was one of them that I really was coveting big time for the Free Jacks. Talk about all of these guys, four picks in the draft, and do you think that they'll have any impact players from that draft that will be serviceable next year? So, so yeah, I'll, I'll address that. I want to back up the truck for just a moment, though. I sure. think, you know, it was important to reflect, you know, we should talk about what Nola's going to do and why they refuse to lie down. Um, 
you know, Tim Falcon stepped down from the CEO position and Chase Langdon was put there. I think the idea was to have somebody that's fully committed, full stop. That's his job. That's his function. That's his role. He's totally entirely focused on that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's cr- key in a lot of ways. And then, of course, uh, you know, going out and getting these signings that that we'll talk about in a bit. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, let's let's go to these draft picks then. That was the next step. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Nola got four draft picks. Uh, you're right. Trent Rogers was one of those. Uh, as a matter of fact, today I just saw that his uh, he signed um, inked his deal with nice. uh, with Nola. So he's in the mix. Um, big guy. Uh, great size, great yep. mobility. It's it's kind of a hallmark of front row players for Fitz and Kane and what they're looking for. You know, they they would. Uh, I'm not saying they like undersized props. I'm saying they like big. They like props, but they like mobile props. And if they're yep. big and mobile, that's a great combination. So he's a mm-hmm. physical guy. Um, you know, uh, they have a knack for developing American props too. Yes. You know, if you if you look at you know Matt Harmon and Dino Waldron, two Eagles. <laughs> have yep. been developed. And then you've got some up and comers, um, you know, and, and Brian Nolt, who was the most improved uh, last year uh, in the team. And then Sam Klinkowski, who's a big unit that they picked up from LA. So, I mean, you're talking about an American, uh, I mean, you got four deep yes. American props and now we're going to add in uh, Mr. Rogers, so to speak into the mix. And he's a, he's a great kid. I had a chance to interview him on the, the Noel gold podcast, nice. great kid, a lot of fun and nice guy. I think he's going to be a great addition to that team. Fans are going to love him. Um, and, and you can't forget number two pick Sebastiano Villani. Again, uh, I have a whole series, five parts, um, on the Noel gold diggers podcast. You can check it out on Spotify, mm-hmm. um, you know, Google, uh, Apple, um, but I, my first five episodes were focused on the draft and the draft picks. And so, uh, Sebastiano, um, showed out in the ARP. He showed out actually when Fitz went to watch him in person, um, at the, uh, the rugby challenge, the shield challenge out there mm-hmm. in Utah and, and Harriman. Um, there's a great backstory, uh, behind, um, that selection. Uh, Fitz wanted him wanted him bad and moved up in the draft to get him. And nice. there's a great, great little story that goes along with that. Um, sometime I'll share it. And, and uh, you know, with everybody, uh, as soon as I get Fitz on air here in January, he's going to share it with me. I promised I'd get it out there, but it's a great, great story. But they traded up to get him because they knew they their man and they knew they wanted him. Um, and then you got Chase Jones. He's a St. Mary's guy. So obviously there's a great pedigree pedigree, mm-hmm. a great program that he's coming from. I mean, obviously it's one of the, one of the, you know, Best programs from college rugby. 6'4", 230, again, a mobile guy. He had a bit of a shoulder issue in the offseason. He had surgery. He's recovering. Um, you know, he's, he's getting uh, match fit, and he'll be ready uh, to, to get in the mix if called upon. Um, so, you know, um, I, I think he's going to be a good addition. Uh, you know, I'd keep in mind, I think they're looking for him to develop over the next season. I don't yeah. know how much he's going to get in the mix because you obviously have Moni Tungawea, who's a U.S. Eagle and MVP from last year. You obviously have Eagle Cam mm-hmm. Dolan, Captain America. And then you <laughs> yep. have Devin Short, who was the most valuable forward in the team last year, who I think, uh, well, he traveled with the Falcons, but I, I would have liked to have seen at least get in the mix with, uh, with mm-hmm. the uh, Eagles because he's got a hell of a motor. Um, and he's a guy that's really exciting. And then, of course, you have Andrew Guerra, who's who hopefully um, is fit and ready to go day one. We'll see. I actually saw him a couple of weeks ago at the Midwest Championships down at my home uh, club, the Blaze. Mm-hmm. Um, you got Malcolm May. You got uh, Corroy. You got Junior Tungawea, uh, Moni's brother. And then, of course, you got a new draft pick, uh, Tom Florence from New Zealand. So, I mean, you got 
I mean, you've got uh, two, almost three sets deep of, of crazy lowers. Um, so I don't know if he'll get a chance to get in this year. We'll see. Uh, but I, I'd expect to see him be groomed a little bit more uh, mm-hmm. moving forward. And then finally, Christian Olney, uh, Ohio State guy, a wing, uh, started one ARP match. Um, he was a sub and a bunch of others. Is a good step. Uh, nice pace for a college program. Um, you know, backs have typically developed slower with the gold. Um, so I, I don't know if we'll see him in. I mean, an example of that is, is uh, you know, uh, Roscoe, uh, Ross Depperschmidt. You know, Ross has been – you know, in the gold mix for quite some time as a, as a center. And it's, you know, this year that he got awarded with a full contract mm-hmm. uh, was a captain of, of the uh, ARP team. And I think we're going to see him be a steady feature in the gold. So, you know, they kind of, they develop those guys at a, at a little, a little bit more um, tepid pace. Okay. I mean, it sounds promising as you're talking about, uh, uh, fits down there and Nola takes the draft very seriously. Oh, yeah. um, I, 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 want, I can't remember who was telling me this specifically, but he brings some of those players in for personal interviews prior yeah. to drafting. I mean, that's, yeah. I don't think a lot of teams do that. You know, that's, that's incredible. That is a commitment to the draft and, and developing these players that a lot of teams just aren't doing at this point. So I think that's really, really cool. Um, it's there to utilize. Go ahead. Sorry. No, Phil, that, that's part of the story, you know, the, mm-hmm. of that I was saying about that draft pick because he yeah. actually, they flew him in uh, for a, um, a tryout. Um, he, he was trying out with the gold and immediately, like Fitz is in the stands, he ran down the stairs and went to Kane and said, yeah, that's our guy. Uh, that's our guy. We got to get him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, in, in talking with Sebastiano, Sebastiano said, you know, he said, hey, what are you doing? You know, what's go- going on in the next couple of weeks? And Sebastiano says, well, tomorrow I'm heading out, I'm being flown out to Utah and I'm going to have a oh. tryout with, with, with Sparksy. And so um, uh, <laughs> Nate goes, oh, I got to get this guy. Right. Um, so that's why he moved up in the draft. They knew the guy wow. they wanted. They watched him play. They'd gone. He had, you know, Fitz had gone to the gone to Harriman to watch him play there had flown him in. I mean, he is really, really uh, into the draft, and it's a, a critical and c- component. And if you look at the roster, you know, on average, they started 11 Americans, you know, in their first 15. Compare that with Rooney. Compare yeah. that with, uh, you know, um, with uh, Seattle sure. uh, in the final, who, you know, th- those two teams, they, they I think, featured 11, the 10 or 11 foreigners, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, he's committed to the draft. He's committed to college players. There's something really enduring about that. I mean, obviously, you know, it, it, I'm a Free Jacks fan. I want there to be American and Canadian talent all up and down the roster. And, and we're going to see that this year because we're Canada South now. But there's something just, you know, kind of very, very cool about the idea of having all of these, developing all these American players, and then hoping that your bet pays off where these guys, you know, take over the starting roles and then become Eagles and stuff like that. There's something awesome about that and doing it through the draft, building it up, man, that's very, very enduring. I mean, I'm not an Ola gold fan, never will be, but that's, that's very cool, man. I mean, that's something that you guys can say, you can pull out of your back pocket pocket. Like, Oh, we've never been to the playoffs, but how many American talent uh, players are you developing? You know what I mean? Like that's kind of cool. There's something fun about that. And I'm excited for you guys just hearing that. That's awesome. Um, but speaking of uh, just, you know, departures and, and who's coming in, who's coming out, let's get to the departures for a moment here. Who are the gold losing this year? Who are the names that will be missed by, uh, for, for you guys? Well, I mean, off the top, Nick Feeks, uh, yeah. it's the reason why I'm a gold fan. 
Um, mm -hmm. You know, Nick came from the LU program. Uh, was um, this made my son feel welcome uh, when my son had a visit? Um, so I I owe you know uh, some of what I'm doing today to Fixie. Um, mm -hmm. So I wish him all the well. He's at Rooney. He's going up there for personal reasons because his wife got into a, a nursing program up mm. at NYU. Mm -hmm. So kind of like Holden Younger with the I was just about to say a yep. similar situation. And, yeah. and um, uh, you know, talking with Fitz, he's like, yeah, we wish him all the, uh, you know, if we can work it out and help those guys out, um, we always work to do that. And obviously in that situation, he did. Juan Capiello retired um, a, a, you know, center, sometimes a wing, um, you know, uh, Robbie Coleman, I think went back to Oz. Um, uh, Ignacio Dotti, um, unfortunately, we won't see him back. It, it, and it was, there were things that were out of the team or his control. Um, okay. So he's, he's going back. Um, uh, Tyler, uh, Taylor Cromeray uh, retired. Kyle Rogers retired. Um, you know, and then there's a, some guys that I, don't, I haven't heard about that were integral um, that are, you know, beloved gold uh, fans, you know, favorites. Um, mm -hmm. I haven't heard much about JP Eloff. Um, okay. you know, he's an original gold member. I just haven't heard whether, you know, he's, his contract's been you know extended or what's going on with him. Um, but you know, uh, I'd expect to hear something soon. And then, um, Carl Meyer, of course, the, with the big cannon of a leg, haven't mm -hmm. heard a lot what's going on with Carl again, don't know what his situation. Uh, okay. I do know that he had a, a concussion kept him out of the, you know, a, a big part of the last end of the season, back end of the season. So, um, you know, I don't know if he's going to be back. I do know that he married a, a Nola gal. So um, okay. he'll, he'll probably sometime, you know, he'll still be around the team, um, whether or not he's, he's, you know, with the team as a player or, or in some other capacity, I just don't know mm -hmm. at this juncture, but those, those are some of the guys. Gotcha. All right. Um, talking about that, who's been retained and, you know, we were mentioning earlier alluding to the incoming players that NOLA has is very impressive. Let's get into those guys right now. Who are the Who should the Rangers be aware of out of that list? Well, and, and that's where I was going at earlier. I think, you know, Fitz put his hand up at the end of the season and said, I'm going to chalk it up to that's on, that's on me. And I think what yeah. he was really saying is, hey, I need to bring in the personnel that can help us get to that level that we want to get to and be a playoff, you know, qualify for the playoffs and then mm -hmm. be a title contender. Um, Jordan Trainer came over from the Giltinis, of course, a New Zealander fullback. Um, you know, uh, it'll fill need, obviously, with, uh, you know, with, as I said, Carl Meyer being out quite a bit last season, you know, we missed having, you know, that, that person in the back that can control the control, uh, you know, that ball, the to touch, et cetera. Tom Florence, I mentioned him, another back row guy, Kiwi, uh, Rodney Iona, uh, fly half. This is an area of need for me. I mean, if yeah. I would identify a place where we needed somebody electric, somebody as a game charger, I mean, look at what Bowden Walker did for you guys. Yes. He was, uh, you guys will miss, the hell out of him. I know you will, For but sure. you need somebody that can control the game. And, and, um, you know, here we have a Samoan fly half Samoan, you know, international fly half. That's going to be stepping in there. Liam Hallman, uh, Ames, New Zealand lock, um, you know, Jared Adams and Kiwi prop was signed. Uh, Jordan Jackson, hope an Aussie center. Again, I think filling in for Capiello, um, Luke Campbell and New Zealand scrum half. So, um, Dev Ferris is no longer with the team. Um, I, and, and nothing against Dev. I just, I think, you know, there was too much of a contrast in styles between he and Damien that, you know, mm -hmm. it was kind of almost like a different game plan, you know, depending on who was in there. So hopefully, right. um, you know, he, Luke Campbell, who came from the Hurricanes, by the way, um, wow. will be able to fill that. And of course, we got Dougie Fife, uh, hot Fife through butter. Um, I love that signing. <sighs> Uh, so I'm so excited about, uh, having him on the pitch for the gold in the gold. Um, 
yeah, I won't rub that in your face too much longer. Um, but and and uh, Fitzy and my conversation said there's one more big signing. They're just waiting on you know some nice. of the some of the visa issues. So you can obviously see with bringing in some yeah. foreign players, they've kind of said, yeah, we're we want to develop Americans. They yes. made a commitment to the draft, but. Uh, yep. We also want to contend for a title, and I think that's an important balance. It's very, it's difficult to strike for, yes. for a lot of teams, for sure. I ultimately, the w- the way that I look at it is, I, I from what I've seen so far, and then we'll have Tammy uh, on soon to talk about Atlanta. Atlanta, you know, I'm not seeing a lot of flash with their signings lately. I don't know if they're going to be the same team as they were last year. It's possible that NOLA, with all of these signings and all this momentum that they have internally, they could fit into that number three spot potentially. I mean, I think the top of the conference right now is Free Jacks, and then, of course, uh, New Jersey Asterix, as I like to call them, uh, will be fighting for the, uh, the the Eastern title. But who's the third team? And I think NOLA has a real good shot of um, putting their hand up and saying that's going to be us this year. We're trying to make the playoffs, and, and we'll see what happens. And, and these these signings that you're talking about very encouraging stuff very exciting uh, if you're a nola fan for sure um let me see here you know just go over dougie five real quick when i heard the news I, i was initially very numb to it and then the longer that i thought about it it broke my heart because this is a guy when when the free jacks were just a concept when they signed him i said this is legitimate like this guy has played for scotland sevens He's played for Scotland's 15s. He's a known name around the world playing rugby. And the guy gets over here and his first season or, or you know, the first full season of the Free Jacks lights the league on fire. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. a try-scoring machine. And I'm just like, this is our guy. And and then he leaves, uh, you know, after this year, you know, subpar, you know, didn't really wasn't an offensive powerhouse like the previous year. He's getting a little bit older in the tooth as well. Yeah. But at the same time, I have an emotional connection to this guy because he's one of my favorite free jacks and to not have him retire as a free jack, it kind of, you know, it, it makes me sad to be honest with you. I want some of these guys that are kind of like legends, you know, Bodine, I don't blame Bodine for leaving. He, he's chasing that money. No big yeah. deal. It's life changing money. It makes a lot of sense. He had, had an excellent year. You know, it paid off for him. Fantastic. But a guy like Dougie Fife, I would have loved to see him just retire as a free Jack, but we don't have that. I mean, I guess it's still possible, but he's not going to be a free Jack. You know, in, if you look mm-hmm. at his Wiki, Wikipedia page, he's going to have that NOLA there, you know, as well. So there's just something that I, there's something sentimental to me about him and some of these other guys like Mitch Wilson. I would love Mitch Wilson to retire as a free Jack, you know, but uh, that may not happen. It's just one of those things you have to kind of get over as, you know, yeah. because we're following professional sports here, but it is kind of a bummer. He's going to be a great player for you guys. I'm sure of it, um, and you got a good one for sure. It's just it's kind of a sad thing from our perspective. Yeah. Um, you know, let's try to try not to be too depressed here because I'm I'm almost ready to cry almost here. But uh, <laughs> let's talk about Christmas is coming up. Uh, what is your favorite Christmas movie and your favorite Christmas tradition? Let's change the subject <laughs> for a moment before I break open this uh, uh, yeah. cider. So uh, White Christmas is uh, my favorite Christmas movie, and and that's also a part of a Christmas tradition. After okay. you know, all the all the presents are cracked open, and we've got a lull before going to dinner later on in the afternoon, wherever whether we're hosting or whether we're going someplace, uh, we watch White Christmas. Uh, you know, sometime late Christmas morning, just kind of as a family, just to chill out and you know enjoy the holidays. Sounds beautiful. I don't think I've seen White Christmas. Is that one of the yeah. uh, the older movies? What do you mean? That's supposed to? Yeah, it's a Bing Crosby. It takes place okay. up in you know it's supposed to take place up in uh, up in the New England area. 
Hmm. Um, yeah, you got to check is, it out. Is that one where he does like a tap dancing number? Is that the yeah. same one? Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, I might have seen parts of it. Um, and I definitely know the references from that movie. My Danny favorite K, of all time. Yeah. Yes, Danny Kay, exactly. Mm -hmm. Tap dances with Danny Kay. Mm -hmm. um, there is, uh, of course, Christmas Vacation is my favorite. The Griswolds, hilarious. Uh, watch it every single year. And I love the tradition of opening up a present on uh, Christmas Eve. Uh, just one, of yeah. course, before the big day. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's talk about the possibility of just having a little bit of fun here. Let's say you win the lottery tonight and tomorrow you buy the NOLA gold. Don't know how much money it would cost. Maybe you have to have some gold bars involved to pass off to the, the owners. But what is the first thing that you do to make the club better? Well, let me set the record straight. I wouldn't buy the club outright. Um, I would become an I would become an investor alongside Tim Falcon. Um, okay. I know the man personally. I've had many conversations over rugby, and uh, again, I consider him a friend. Um, yeah. And I think he does a wonderful thing with with what he's got going down there. And and uh, they're just you know, this kitty almost stuck his tail up your nose. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, that's so, yeah, so uh, here's what I would do. Um, I would work hard with the state of Louisiana to okay. accelerate their improvements they're going to make to the gold mine. Uh, mm -hmm. And my money would be focused on making the gold mine better for a fan experience. Not that it's, it's bad, but, mm -hmm. you know, positioning the, the pitch. So it's a little bit more along the sight lines for, you know, the, for viewers um, doing other things in and around, um, you know, the, the facility to make it more uh, engaging, more, just more of an experience for fans, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's creating some kind of, uh, you know, Hall of Fame. I know it's short lived, you know, going into six seasons, but, you know, even putting up something like, you know, one of every kit that's been up, you know, in a display and, you know, cool. doing, you know, uh, I, we, we, uh, the gold honor actually players once they reach uh, 25 caps yes. uh, with a, with a black uh, NOLA gold uh, sport jacket, you know, having, having a list of those guys and, and, you know, identifying some other people that have really been important to growing um, in the short time, growing the NOLA gold, uh, something like that, something that could bring fans in and, 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 you know, appeal to them. That's what I would focus on because ultimately uh, this game can't grow unless we appeal to fans and For bring sure. them in the, bring them through the gates. Absolutely. So we've had four correspondents on so far. You're the second one that said they wouldn't buy the team outright. They would invest. And um, and all of the correspondents have mentioned something about the stadium, whether building a brand new one or improvements. So I think, you know, every market that we've talked to or the correspondents from those markets and from those teams understand how important it is to improve the yeah. fan experience and have a rugby specific stadium near the actual town uh, that they are claiming to represent. I think that's yeah. extremely crucial. Um Let's talk about the gold mine for a moment. I mean, as you're talking about, the fan experience can be improved. Um, when I see the the stands and stuff like that, it's not exactly full. I mean, is there stuff that they can do? You know, not talking about you know you being the owner or investor. What can they do to improve yeah. it right now? You think? Well, I, I don't know that that's necessarily a product of the physical space. You know, um, they came from a high school prior to that, so oh, okay. you know, uh, it, it obviously w that only sat, I think, uh, a thousand. So when they packed them in there, it looked, you know, looked pretty full. Mm -hmm. um, not unlike DC, you know, where they had they were in a, a college, small college, yes. you know, space that was, I think, fifteen hundred. So it looked yep. like the place was packed, and I think it loses some of that when you go to a bigger facility. Sure. Um, you know, it's more about position of the pitch alongside the stands, et cetera. But I think part of the issue last year was uh, was the weather. You know, mm -hmm. um, people down in NOLA don't go outside if it gets colder than 50. Of course, you and I being from the northern yeah, temps, you know, 50, sure. 50 is a time for shorts and a, and a, oh, and yeah. a hoodie. 
you know, and and you're still pretty comfortable. Um, And, and, you know, don't forget, I mean, you know, having games right around Mardi Gras season is, is actually can be a little bit detrimental unless you build something around the Mardi Gras experience and then connect it to the club, you know, cause Mardi Gras is such a big thing. I mean, they get, they get the week of school off at all the schools, you know, everything shuts down and it's just about Mardi Gras. So you got to build something around that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think festivals would be a, a huge improvement, like kind of like the free, what the Free Jacks do. I mean, it's a partying town, right? People yeah. want to have reasons to drink other than just going to a rugby games. So that would be kind of cool to incorporate that. I hope it, you know, uh, improves for sure. You know, as you're talking about the fan experience needs to improve there at the Goldman. They have to have these things that like make it seem more of a home, I guess. And that would be yeah. a great thing to invest in. Um, but let's talk about. Let's say you know your buddy Ryan Fitzgerald gives you a call and says, "Hammer, I'm gonna you know retire. I want you to take over the GM duties for me. What's your first move, and uh, what positions are you strengthening, and who do you realistically bring in to do that?" Yeah, I, first of all, I'd give him his job back. <laughs> um, I think Ryan does a hell of a job. Um, you know, if you look at when Ryan evaluates, uh, you know, from a previous season, he does exit interviews with all the players. Every single player gets an exit interview, and mm-hmm. they have conversations about, you know how to how to move forward in a in a in a better way mm-hmm. um and he he has identified positions of need um i think the biggest was at number 10 no disrespect to robbie coleman i he you know there were times in which robbie just had an x factor that that you know made you go wow that's impressive but mm-hmm. I, I um i don't you know i just don't think he had um he was the player that could unleash their offense um so Rodney Soil, uh, Rodney Iona, excuse me, is is hopefully going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you know at number nine you're bringing in Sebastiano uh, Villani. They brought they're bringing in Campbell, as I mentioned. Um, you know, um, I also think a position in need, and, and and I'm friends with Cam Dolan. I've spoken with Cam. We talk frequently over text. And um, one thing I'll tell you is that Cam played uh, every game, started mm-hmm. every game, and played just about every minute of every match last year. Um, and you know, he still is a freaking warrior and, yeah. and did it all without question played, you know, in, in the, in the lock position without question. Um, but it would be, you know, Tom Florence, hopefully will be a guy who can step in there and at least allow maybe Moni to move to eight more frequently, give mm-hmm. Cam a rest, you know, give him an opportunity to recuperate, um, and, and relieve some of that burden. Of course, you got Devin, you got Moni in there, you got, uh, Guerra. So hopefully with the rotation and Malcolm may can't forget, hopefully with that rotation, they'll find a way to give some relief. But I think that those are areas of need that, uh, you know, um, Ryan has identified and obviously at the prop position, bringing in a foreign prop to help those guys, you know, develop, uh, those young, young props yeah. develop that I mentioned before. Uh, you know, it sounds he sounds like a great guy. This Fitzy dude, uh, I know for sure that TK none values. Yeah. yeah, guys, no, no one better. I mean, I'd, I'd I'd run through a wall for that guy. That's that's how great a dude he is. Love that. Uh, TK talks about him. I know that TK likes to trade with him, and you know, it seems like they have a good uh, relationship um, yeah. as GM. So, yeah, I'd love to meet him one day. He sounds like a great person. Um, let's talk about your dream away trip uh, with Nola's schedule in twenty twenty three. What dream uh, vacation, I guess, uh, away trip would you like to incorporate in, oh. in going to see them away? Well, I have to apologize. I just thought it was any away trip. I haven't. I mean, I looked at the schedule. We did a, a schedule analysis, but I don't have the schedule yeah. in front of me. The worst. Um, so I think if I was going to, you know, a dream away trip would probably 
of any team would be San Diego. Um, and, and the big reason is because of Snapdragon Stadium. I just think you're going to get this, you know, brand new stadium. It's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be pristine. So it'd be a great place to watch some rugby. Um, you know, uh, I don't know. I think that's one of them. Um, you know, I, I, I'd like to get out to DC cause then my brother lives out there. And so okay. get out to see him and, um, go, go see the DC boys. Cause I know a few of those boys and, and I've had some pretty good conversations with the, uh, with uh, Dunleavy and, and um, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, there the, are the other, other individuals Sheehy? on the team. Yeah. Ty, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Paul Sheehy, excuse me. Yeah. I had a momentary brain fart. No worries. Paul, he, Paul Sheehy. So we've had some good conversations as well. So, you know, I'd like to get out there and see those boys. That'd be cool for sure. I mean, I love DC always have um, it's, it's a bit humid there, unfortunately uh, for most of the year, but um, San Diego sounds really nice, you know, nice weather, new stadium. I, I really hope that they're able to fill that out as much as possible. I know it's the college football stadium as well. So hopefully that'll be uh, very cool. I'm sure the fan experience is going to be fantastic. A brand new stadium. That is super nice. I'm sure. Um, let me see here. Can we expect you at Fort Quincy at any point? I think that'd be kind of cool. It, it would be here. a nice trip. I got to be honest. I'd love to get out there. I've heard a lot of great things about the north, mm-hmm. uh, about the northeast. Um, I have several friends. One of my mates, uh, uh, Jimmy Hendricks. Shout out to my boy Jimmy. Jimmy Hendricks. He's out there, um, out that way. And uh, I would love to get out there. I, and this year, it's not in the cards. I mean, I, I was supposed to go down to NOLA last year. My wife got COVID, so I think oh, I still okay. have an Airbnb credit to my name for for New <laughs> Orleans. So. You know, if I take a trip, it's going to be uh, somewhere down there. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll see. I'd like to go there in the future for sure. Got to experience the best atmosphere in MLR uh, at some yeah. point, Hammer. You know what I mean? Got to get up here. Um, uh, yeah, I'll get down to New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let, let's not be silly. Uh, <laughs> do you have any recommendations for any brave Rangers from the Expeditionary Forces uh, of the 1st Regiment who might be traveling down to New Orleans to see the Jacks play at the gold mine on February the 17th? Um, yes. Uh, hook up with the gold diggers. Uh, a lot of great folks down there, Matt Austin, Max, Benji, Dan, and Sheila Falcon. Um, they are, you know, I tell this story all the time. I I went to a player social after I was down there for the first time. Um, you know, all the guys were there, you know, Cam and everybody else. And we were just chilling, having a relaxed time. And Jared Cusimano at the time, no longer with the team. He's, he, he moved on to other things. But he was doing ticketing, and he said to me, he goes, hey, Hammer, uh, you know, what do you love most about your trip? I said, and I, and I started getting, I seriously got teary. I got teary. I almost couldn't get out of my words because uh, wow. what I said was, is the people. And, yep. and they are some of the best people I know. They opened their arms to me without question. I mean, Benji and I had never met in person, but he said, you're staying at my house when you come down, so don't even think about going anywhere else. Dan and Sheila took care of me. Wonderful people. Matt's been a great mate uh, to work on things related to the gold diggers. Um, but you got to do the crawfish boil. Um, uh, Sheila Falcon's a big fan of Grigri. Mentions it all the time. So check out Grigri. It's a fabulous restaurant. And then uh, one of my favorite things uh, that I hoped to have done last spring with my wife and introduce her to, to it was leave time on Sunday morning to go down to the French Quarter, go mm-hmm. down to the French Market, have breakfast, drink coffee, just relax and just watch the people and then go to the French market and do a little shopping. It, 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 it's one of those things that it just, it grabs your soul when you get a chance to do that without uh, any, you know, it's so relaxing, so low key. Uh, To me, it was just one of those experiences that um, will, will always live with me. And I, and I have uh, 
Benji and his beautiful wife, Sean, to uh, thank, thank for that. It sounds awesome. And, you know, you're talking about the, the, how awesome the rugby community is and, and, I couldn't agree more. You know, there's awesome Free Jacks fans. There's there's awesome fans all over the league. Um, yeah. and and you know, it, it, the people is what brings all of this together. Rugby people are special, man. Like they're just yeah. something. Uh, they're they're always super generous, humble people. It's it's a, there's really something awesome about what is being built up through. Obviously, we want to recruit all of these other people from other sports to to come watch rugby to help this thing survive and grow. But the rugby people at the core are just yeah. really special people. By, for sure. by the way, Phil, are, yeah. is the Free Jacks are playing down there on the 21st. Is that February? Is that right? Um, I have the 17th wrote on here, but I could 17th. Yeah, seventeenth of February. Oh, that's uh, right. That's so. right. Seventeenth yeah. of February, dude. They're going to the be gearing. Yeah, they're going to be gearing up for Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras is the twenty first. That's what right. I had in my notes. Mardi Gras is the twenty first. So you're going to be getting it four days before Mardi Gras. Uh, <laughs> you better leave some extra days there for for yourself to <laughs> to enjoy the experience. I would love to go down there. I've never been to New Orleans. I, I've looked it up yeah. a couple times. It is not that expensive, or at least it no. wasn't when I saw it, to go fly from Boston to New Orleans for whatever reason and then back. Um, that is definitely on the bucket list for sure. This year I'm going to go all the way across the country to Seattle and visit those awesome fans and that awesome atmosphere yeah. up there as my big away trip. I might even yeah. not even go to um, New Jersey uh, just to try to get that experience in with uh, Seattle and stay there as long as possible because those fans up there have a great reputation of having being very loud, very passionate, and very, very cool. Mm -hmm. So New Orleans is on the list, I think, maybe for next year. But, uh, yeah, I would love to get down there at some point and experience that. Um, the final big question for you here is we're going to hold you to this. What is your way too early win-loss prediction for the regular seasons for your New, uh, New Orleans Gold? And do they make the playoffs this year finally? Uh, yes, it is way too early. We can agree yes. on that. Yes. Um, but uh, my prediction is they will get the monkey off their back. Um, I'm going to go with 10 and 5. Okay. Um, Love think, it. You know, yeah. So uh, I think they're going to, again, the, the, they brought in some guys at key positions from overseas. Um, you know, of course, at the nine, the, the, you know, they have Eric Howard, they have Pat O'Toole uh, at Hooker. So, you know, your spine positions, you know, mm -hmm. you have uh, you have Cam Dolan. I think you're going to get some you're going to get some quality time out of some of your other back row players at number eight. And then you got, you know, of course, Villani, you got, um, you know, you got uh, um, Damian um, at uh, at nine. And then, of course, you got uh, Luke Campbell who's coming at nine. So they, they've hit that Rodney soil at 10. And then, and then of course, number 15 at Jordan trainer. So they've, they've, those spine positions are being filled by guys with, you know, incredible amounts of experience. I, I 10 and uh, 10 and five. I, I think you're missing sorry, a game 10 and, there, aren't you? Sorry. It's going to be, it's going to be, you're right. It's 16 game season. So yes, um, uh, there is no tie at the end of that. Although I think, <laughs> um, so I, I think I'm going to go 10 and uh, I'll go 10 and six. Okay. Okay. Hopefully that'll, uh, you know, put them in a position to, you know, in the third seed, perhaps that would be kind of cool to, to get you guys in there and just kind of mix it up a little bit because I feel like the big three had been new England, you know, New Jersey and Atlanta. So to have some differentiation for that, yeah. I think would be healthy for the league for sure. I just don't think the, the, the free Jacks, uh, and you know, New York can be unseated from those, uh, top two, but I do you know that. that th oh, okay. Fair I enough. Do. But I think, yeah, I think the I mean, three the loss to Andy Ellis was huge. You know, and I yeah, think there's some yeah. other other Kiwis that they lost out of that out of that championship team that, um, you know, it's going to be hard to fill their shoes. Uh, I think you guys are going to miss Bowden Walker tremendously more than, mm -hmm. you know, his just is his, his uh, ability to spot 
spot gaps yeah. and get the ball with his boot out wide on a wiper um, and, and kicking, you know, kicking for touch uh, to exit out of their defensive third. Um, he was, he was one of the best at that. Yeah, uh, for sure. I think, I think some key players are missing from both those squads and it, and it I think makes them vulnerable. Sure. Uh, vulnerability for sure. I, I don't think that they're going to have the year that they had last year. I'm talking about the free Jacks at this point. Yeah. I mean, that was just an, you know, you don't really have that in, in professional rugby. The the win streak that they had was incredible. Uh, we might not see it for a while here. So, yeah, um, we'll, we'll just have to see how it all shakes out. I love the optimism from your end for sure. I do hope Nola makes the playoffs. Um, yeah, at some point. Uh, and, and why not this year? You know, you got guys coming in that uh, should really help with you, uh, that. So let's do the one word association before we get you out of here. I appreciate your time. We've been on for 50 minutes. Um, we've got uh, the first one is Chicago. Hounds. Love it. And the next one is gold. Mine. <laughs> All right. And the next one is your boy, Scott Ferrara. Oh, geez. The big guy. He's coming oh, to yeah. Chicago. He talked about that when he was on here. Um, he, uh, I had you on there for him, and he said friend. Well, uh, so I think that's, that's awesome <laughs> yeah. that you guys are, are so close. That's very cool. The next one is rugby. Life. Hell yeah. Next one is Lindenwood, where your son goes. Oh, man. Well, uh, I, I'm at a loss for that one. Uh, alumni. Uh, alumni, because he's okay. going to be one soon. Very good. The last time we had you on here, you were actually in the press box uh, yeah. at their, their stadium there. The last yeah. one is going to be Free Jacks. What do you think? Uh, one of the, uh, I, can't, I can't do it in one word. Just organization. Just, uh, <laughs> All right, yes. You know, just a hell of an organization. I agree a thousand percent. This has been awesome, Rob. We'll have to do it again very soon. You know, again, the, the Free Jacks are playing NOLA in the first game, so we'll have to have you back on here prior to that to yep. preview that matchup. Um, any final words for the Rangers out there, the Free Jacks fans? What do you What do you got to say? Uh, yeah, bring somebody else out with you. Get an extra ticket. Bring a friend who's never been introduced to rugby but likes contact sports mm -hmm. and bring them out and, uh, and be patient with them. And teaching the game, like I said, you know, the rugby rants. Uh, our motto is to to grow the game one fan at a time, and mm -hmm. um, I think that's that's a an important motto for for all of us who love and know the game as we do. Is is bring somebody else out with you and and help them find the appreciation of the game and and what we're all about as a fan base, a rugby community. For sure. Great words of wisdom. Bring somebody else out to the games, Rangers, somebody that doesn't know the game of rugby and teach them and be patient with them. I think that's a great way to uh, end this thing. So I've got one word to get out of here in three, two, one. Huzzah. Huzzah. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers show. This is a storm along unfiltered video. Let me grab the can. There it is. Boom, baby. We have a very special guest this time around. Uh, this is our Seattle correspondent. He is a super fan of the Sea Wolves. His name is Matt Courtright. Matt, how the hell are you? Hey, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Excited You're welcome. about this. A little nervous. I'm not as uh, well-versed as you and Hammer and, and Scott <laughs> and the big guy, you know, right? You guys are all yeah. doing this on the regular. I'm over here watching, observing, oohing and on. Well, listen, Pretty cool, I man. I love your passion for your team. That's why I wanted to have you on here. I'm super excited to do this, and you're going to do just fine because, you know, you like to talk ball, and that's all that we're doing here. We're just talking about our team. So uh, let's get right into it. Tell us where you're from originally. Oh, you know, uh, I'm from South Alaska. 
No, I'm really? just joking, man. Uh, Western Washington. <laughs> Western okay. Washington, yeah. South Alaska. Same, I don't know, same it's thing. a bad joke. Yeah, totally. Like, especially from you East Coasters, right? Like, where, yeah, it, I've never heard it, of the place. Where you at? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The geography, it doesn't make a lot of sense to us over here. So you could say that. I'd be like, okay, it sounds like the same place, but that's probably, you know, uh, <laughs> hundreds of miles away from each other. Um, so yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny that you say that because it takes as long to get to Alaska from here as it does to get to you. Crazy. That's weird. Three thousand. Nope. Incredible. Uh, yeah. This country is so vast, but uh, let's talk about your origin story with rugby. Did you play rugby at all growing up? No, no, I didn't. Um, so what got me in the, into rugby was uh this guy named rex norris and uh, rex was a head coach for my son in high school football and he also did crusaders youth rugby um and he would always tell my son hey get out here get your conditioning in you know uh hustle along the way uh and keep them all in shape you know and we had a couple buddies that played for rex and so i knew he was a good guy we had volunteered with with football already. And anyways, my wife and I got into in, got him into rugby and uh, we love the sportsmanship, the community focus. And so naturally we jumped in with both feet and started volunteering. So, and that was 2016. So it hasn't okay. been a hundred years or anything. Right. So yeah, 2017, uh, the boys, they couldn't put a team together uh, with Kent. So we transferred over and jumped over to Rainier I've been I've been helping Rainier for about four years now. Uh, took a hiatus last year, um, and I started managing the teams and and jumping in with both feet again. Just don't know how to quit. And uh, got like two hundred kids on the field out there. It's pretty pretty cool to witness. And, That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So we just got totally involved. Uh, so so jumping in with both feet. I'm not a half ass kind of guy. You know what I mean. So. <laughs> Right. You know, we jumped in, <laughs> you can tell, right? And, oh, yeah. Uh, we jumped in with uh, going to other rugby club fundraisers because uh, at that point in time, Washington Youth Rugby was really kind of like, nobody was really getting along, put it politely. And I'll just keep my two cents out of it and just put it that way. And, uh, okay. Over those, uh, so we didn't see much community happening, uh, people supporting each other. Everybody had negative things to say about the other club. And now that I'd been with two clubs and rubbing elbows with the other clubs, uh, man, you know, like, let's go to their fundraisers. Let's support them. Let's, let's be, a, let's make a difference. Let's just show with example instead of jumping in on this, this, you know, bashing sesh that everybody seemed to be happening. And then it caught on. People started going to other fundraisers. Uh, sometimes we would, you know, buy their ticket, come on in. Uh, they buy our ticket, come on in, and, and we'd all spend money at the at the fundraiser. And it was, it's been a blast. We've really built this community a lot over the last six years. That's awesome. You know, you know, the, there is this aspect of politics that's involved in rugby because there's boards and there's elections and stuff like that. So it can get a little bit divisive at times for sure. But the heart of rugby community is very, very much like a great thing because people involved in rugby, generally speaking, are amazing people. Right. I mean, uh, you could say that probably yeah. about a, about any sport, but for rugby specifically, it's very, very much at the forefront because the people involved in it, most most of them played the game previously. 
And when you play rugby, it's all about the team because there's 15 guys and you have to work together to accomplish the goals. Um, and there's not a lot of divas in rugby and stuff like that. So at the core of the game, because you get your butt kicked every single time that you play, it kind of weeds out people that are overly egotistical. But there is that aspect of politics and stuff like that. So it's good to hear that you kind of was um, – a peacekeeper and a uniter uh, there in the local area for Seattle rugby. That's very cool to hear. Um, you know, you have become famous around the league of MLR uh, within the rugby community for your away travel. In addition to that, the ball exchange that you do, we've got a bunch of balls in the background there of MLR logos on there. And it looks like the teams, you know, players have signed it. Yeah. Tell Look at that, guys. That's the best one right there. It's all, it's a, it's a <laughs> forefront. We appreciate that. You know um, what? It is, man. Look at that. And then, of course, you guys have the academy and stuff on the back, which yeah, I thought was cool, really right? a touch of class, man. Hell yeah, for sure. How did that get started? What, whose idea was that? Well, man, I'll tell you, uh, 21 games in 23 weeks was a roller coaster uh, to start off the year. Oh, man. I just – we did not realize how taxing it would be at first. We're like, yeah, let's roll. And then, whoa. Uh we're a few games in and it's a bit much. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, okay. So how uh, I'll start with this. I'll say it in two, two answers, really. Uh, it originally started traveling with our fellow fanatics, uh, the traveling army with rugby 100 club that right. Dickie and Graham started. We went to Glendale, enjoyed the experience. So naturally 2019, we got to go to the championship in San Diego. Okay. And, that's where the traveling bug started for MLR. Uh, 2020, terrible year. MLR traveling in general, I mean, that was just hit and miss constantly. Right. Um, yeah. So, and in 2020, I was gonna, I, I wasn't gonna do much traveling. Um, I just figured, lay low. Uh, I was 500 pounds back then, and mm -hmm. I decided I was gonna have some surgery and just lay low through the season and heal up and right. focus on my health and everything and well then the pandemic happened and everybody was stuck at home so i wasn't the only one so it was kind of cool yeah, um, yeah so also like flying first class it was super expensive man you could you know, two games in one season was taxing and just the cost so mm -hmm. with losing the weight and being able to go coach you're like let's go and uh <laughs> right so at the beginning of two so so two 2022, uh, the wife was like, you know, let's just, let's knock off some things off the bucket list. I'm like, oh, we're going to go to all the away games. And she, I'm like, flirt with a good time I'm in, you know, so oh, for sure. we decided to just do it, man. So, uh, so, you know, and we were lucky enough to get the playoffs and the championships, which I, I mean, we couldn't have picked a better year to go follow these guys all over the country, you know what for I mean? Sure. And, uh, yeah. So the way the ball exchange got started, the first game was in San Diego. And, man, that club in general is just so welcoming. Um, mm -hmm. Everybody, I mean, the staff, the players, and uh, Sean and the cohort. Oh, my gosh. I got to meet this guy. And uh, it, was, it was like two lost long buddies. <laughs> that just we, we feel like we know each other forever and, and all of a sudden right. like we, we got to go down there and hang out and be brought into the cohort and they harassed us and we harassed them and it was a great time so i've reached out uh, on a web 
on on one of the you know Facebook pages or something and, yeah. and mentioned something and Sean reached out to me. He's like, "Hey, you want to do a ball exchange?" And I'm like, "Sure, that sounds great." You know, uh, nice. whose signatures do you want? I'm just being a total like newbie, you know. Yeah. And he's like, "Ah, oh, just you know, whoever the whole team if you can get it." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." I'm, I'm so you know, kind of intimidating at first, you know, mm-hmm. like. Uh, can I get Pate and Clarky to get this thing signed? Are they going to fly with this? And man, they not only let it fly, but they just really love the idea and uh, were really, you know, helpful in getting connected with other teams because some teams weren't as as cool as yeah. you know, free jacks. And San Diego and such. Sure. And uh, sure, sure. yeah, so we just got it going. And so the ball exchange, I mean, it's a genuine way to show the passion of fellow fanatics and the culture of the rugby Absolutely. sportsmanship. So, Absolutely. and man, it's so cool to come on board and do it because uh, it's really, I feel like it's built the relationships in rugby. I mean, look at you and I, bro. I mean, yeah. we're on polar opposite side of the country. That's right. Just hanging out and being nerds and loving on a rugby life you know <laughs> exactly. what i mean yeah for sure man Listen, I, it's it's so awesome to to think that you guys went to all of the away games for your team i mean that is that's hardcore man like i know that you said like you get like you like to get fully into stuff like you don't want to half-ass something i'm that way as well but like I just could not imagine going to all the away games. Like I like to do like, you know, two or three and two of them being the New Jersey trip. It's a short trip for us. Right. And then doing like one big one, but I couldn't imagine doing all of them. That is, that is just next level stuff. So I commend you on that. Uh, maybe I can do that in the future or something like that, but that is just really, really cool. I think that, that, that passion that you have for your team and for rugby, it just exudes uh, from you. It, it, it's, 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 a, it's like almost like an aura around you. That's really cool. And the ball exchange thing, I just absolutely love Thank that you. because it's all about building connections within the rugby community here uh, in the United States. And, and what a great, it's a great symbolism, right? Where you get the whole team to sign the ball and you exchange it off to somebody else that loves rugby. How cool is that? It's, it's super awesome. And I will say, you know, you give the sh- uh, shout out to the Free Jacks to, as a welcoming uh, team that did it. We did it on the 50 yard line uh, of, you know, yeah. at halftime, right? So that was pretty cool. I don't know if you were able to do that with any other team. I, I saw some photos. It looks like some of them were at tailgates and stuff like that. Is, is that correct that you the only time that you did yeah. on the field? Yeah. The only one I did on the field was with you, sir. I man, nice. what a compliment that. that was. Love that. Super cool. Yeah, Super I cool. Agree. And, and we're gonna repay it. We're already working on it. I, we had a um a fan a social, if you will, a SeaWolf social last weekend, mm-hmm. and it came up in subject on how we're gonna go about it for for you know a guy like you traveling over here and yep. you know the root on your team and everything so you know we got to decide on if we want to do another ball or do we want to change it up this year so that's definitely something maybe we need to uh, have a discussion about sooner than later for sure great problem I mean, to have right it is a great problem to have absolutely um we'll, we'll have to we'll have to brainstorm that and and, and uh, figure that out but uh 
I mean, I'm sure there's different options that we can come up with, but uh, I just love the ball exchange. You know, you know, obviously it could get stale if you do it like multiple, multiple seasons. You want to change it up, but it's such a cool concept. Uh, let's talk about because you know, like you did, we're saying you did visit Fort Quincy last year, and we did the ball exchange. Seattle has a very, very passionate fan base. If if you guys look online or just you know watch their games, you can tell that they're a very passionate fan base for sure. And you've experienced both Starfire and Fort Quincy. We like to think that we. Have a very passionate and engaged fan base here in New England. Who is the loudest and who has the best overall atmosphere? I mean, obviously, you're going to be a little bit biased to your own team. You're wearing their jersey right now, but just give us some, you know, some insight. That was a fun one to talk about uh, or think about before coming on here and answering that question because mm-hmm. uh, Seattle's a tough fan base to beat. I mean, we're noisy, we're loud. We there's multiple people that love to get the chance started, so it's. Yeah. It's 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 uh, overwhelming at times. Yeah, for the for the opposing team, you all hear yeah. things from the guys on the team uh, of the opposing team, and they're just like, "Dude, you are so in our ear." <laughs> oh, it's so much fun uh, just to have any sort of uh, feedback like that because you know they're focused, they're playing their hearts out. Um, yeah, but for Quincy, wow, uh, I loved it. You guys had people on both sides of the field, uh, which isn't always normal in the MLR, I've come to find out. Um, and they're just passionate. Uh, and, and there wasn't a whole bunch of noise makers, which I really appreciated. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm excited for you to get over here and experience it so we can have this conversation again from your perspective. Because, Absolutely. yeah, I mean, Seattle fans are the best, but, you know, I mean, <laughs> that's just me being biased, of course. For sure, for uh, sure. You know, I, yeah, I will say this. Like coming in, you could feel the passion, man. Holy crap. Yeah, it's, it's for real at Fort Quincy. But what I was going to say is, you know, Seattle does, has has this reputation of being very loud and passionate. So I'm excited to get over there this year. Um, it, for those that aren't aware, we did release that uh, that myself and Caitlin uh, as you know, representatives of the Jack Stranger Show, if you will, are coming to Seattle to see that game uh, by the Free Jacks versus Seattle there at Starfire. So it's going to be a blast. Can't wait to see these observations awesome. that you're talking about, how loud it gets, how passionate the fans are. I'm super excited to see that. So my experience in the MLR in terms of away trips was Las Vegas for the Free Jacks' first game ever. It was um, very quiet for the most part, other than me yelling my head off because it was about you know two dozen people, there, unfortunately. And then, of course, the New Jersey games, uh, it's a morgue there unless they're about to score. Um, that, that, a lot of that has to do with you know just no alcohol sales. It's not necessarily that they're bad fans, but we're better in New England for sure. Um, the next one would be uh, Toronto. Uh, Caitlin and I went to Toronto last year, Ooh. and that was okay. It definitely wasn't Fort Quincy. So I'm, I'm really excited to see and kind of judge where Fort Quincy is in relation to Seattle, uh, which is probably at the top of the rung there in terms of fan uh, atmosphere and just overall best atmosphere and loudest and all that sort of stuff. So I'm excited to see how well we do stacked against you guys. And I'll definitely report fairly uh, in, in my observations for sure. Yeah, you'll like, you'll like it. You'll like it. You get to scream and holler for your, your team, and nobody's <laughs> going to tell you, go the F home. You know what I mean? Yes, like, yes. We're going to be like, yeah, get louder. Hey, you need some help? And to be oh, fair, it would be a long to go back home from there. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, let's talk about Seattle real quick. I mean, that's your that's your club. That's the, the jersey that you're wearing. Uh, it's it's on the wall as well. So, 
Uh, Seattle finished the regular season in second place in the Western Conference with 46 points, nine wins and seven losses with a point differential of 81. They found themselves in the playoffs due to Austin and L.A.'s disqualification, but they made the most of their opportunities and found themselves all the way in the MLR championship game where they would lose, unfortunately, to the New Jersey Asterisk, as I like to call them. Uh, your overall thoughts of that entire season, like you said, you went to every single game. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, roller coaster. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we made it to the playoffs. But we weren't supposed to make it to the playoffs. I'm, That's right. You know, like we were, we were getting towards the end of our season. We're like, man, you know, it was. It's been good development. It's good to see the guys, you know, come and go. The adjustments that Clarky had to make and make those tough calls. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it was. I also go occasionally to a practice here and there. Um, and to watch Clarky have to come out and you're like, you don't hear it. Of course, it's, you know, hundreds of feet away and you can see him giving the conversation to those guys. Uh, man, it, it breaks your heart, but you know, he's making all the right decisions yes. um, because it shows it, it's shown through the field. It's shown through the talent. It's, it's, it's been proven. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the beginning of the season, yeah, they struggled. I, I think where, I think where Seattle struggled wasn't the talent. I think it was the bonding. You got, you got so many different cultures and different mm-hmm. dialects of English, and some people don't even speak English all the time. You know, the South Africans get around each other, and, and they have a great old time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you're speaking another language, not everybody understands or gets to be a part of it. So that's sure. kind of the thing. But uh, to watch them um, work through the injuries, mm-hmm. that, you know, just like every team, uh, and all of a sudden, you got a you got a shot at the playoffs, and it was like, whoa! I mean, yeah, it was. I mean, it was an emotional roller coaster because you know we're like, all right, we're going to Houston, and then all of a sudden, LA gets disqualified, and you're like, what? What? It's Tuesday. We're not going to Houston on Friday. What? Um, and so they changed that. And we had San Diego at home. So, you know, first world problems. Being a fan, it's like you had to uh, had to adjust the flights and and right. where we were staying and such. And lucky for me, one of my best buddies, uh, Brian, lives down in Houston, so we it was easy to adjust the Houston situation. So we did. Um, but you know what? Uh, when we went to New York for the championship, mm-hmm. um, I gotta say it was super cool. Um, we got in on a on a Thursday, uh, yeah, Friday night actually. And uh, Steve Lewis, the general manager, general yes. manager, he uh, he and I have become thick as thieves over the last year or so. And uh, it's it's fun. We like to tell the story about how we met and and, and how brash we were to each other. <laughs> Love that. But, uh, oh yeah, it was total like he's an East Coaster through and through. Um, yeah. But uh, Cormac McCormick, class act. He uh, he owns the Pig and Whistle on Thirty Six. Yes, they had yes. us over. Uh, yeah, anybody that hasn't experienced that far needs to needs to go straight yeah, up. For it's sure, just it's so comforting. It's just I walked in the first time and I was just like, ooh, ah, I'm like, all right, honey, I'll be back in twenty minutes. I got to go check out this whole place. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so like we went back over for the championship. They're like, hey, what time are you going to be here? Let's coordinate it. And, uh, uh, man, Pig and Whistle put on a spread for us. Uh, Steve Lewis helped with that. 
um, immensely and treated us like family. And you know, what other culture can you be around where the opponent for the championship is treating you like family and bringing you into the fold and just not worrying about the game until the day of the game. It was pretty cool, man. That's awesome. Yeah, the the you know the rugby hospitality is for real. You know we we trash talk each other uh, a little bit, uh, but it's all about community. It's all about having fun. It's all about brotherhood and sisterhood and all of that. You know when when it, the w- final yeah. whistle sounds, we're all rugby fans and and we're all in this together to try to grow this thing. So the hospitality is absolutely real. You know the, the players beat themselves up on the pitch, but afterwards they have a beer together. It's very. It's very like um, ritualistic and ceremonial in that way that, that they all break bread together afterwards and, and all the differences are put aside that we're on the pitch. And the fans, we can kind of have the same type of app, you know, type of uh, feeling to it where, you know, we might say, oh, well, I take, my team's going to beat you and all that other stuff, you know. And then at the end of the day, we're all saying good game. Right. And that's what it's all about. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, how so, cool was it uh, when we came over that we got to watch uh, Travis? And, the, yeah. and his brother, Larson yeah, boys. Yeah, Josh. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They hadn't seen each other for a while, I guess, and and I had no idea afterwards. And I asked Travis, like, "What was that all about?" And he's like, "Oh, that's my brother. I haven't seen him for like four <laughs> right. years or something like that." I was like, "What? Wow!" Crazy. Okay. Yeah. And then they're just like chummy afterwards, and but you know they were out there beating the snot out of each other. So <laughs> for sure, for sure. Gotta I'm love sure it. That's- that's not the first run-in that they've had, I'm sure. And, and you know, it's very cool, you know, uh, awesome. I, I don't know if the pa- their parents were there, but what a cool moment that would be to see both of their sons playing for professional rugby teams and stuff like that. That is that is another cool aspect of MLR is there's a lot of siblings. You know, Mitch Wilson and his brother, um, I'm forgetting his name right now, but uh, I think he's the captain of Utah. So, you know, those two will be playing oh. against each other this coming season. So that that's just another aspect of how cool MLR is. You don't really see that too often in other professional sports. But uh, let's yeah, talk about – Yeah, we got to watch the Tucker boys beat each other up. That's New right. We'll, Seattle, yes, too. Exactly. Yep. Yep. For sure. Uh, one of them, uh, the, the Tucker that was in uh, New Jersey, is actually leaving and going to play in Super Rugby. And I think his brother yeah. was traded from Seattle to uh, New Jersey, which is pretty wild. So, You nailed it, man. You nailed it. Brad. Brad <laughs> yeah, leaving and going to New York. And, exactly. Yep. And uh, that guy has been absolutely – I'm going to give him a shout-out. I don't know if he deserves it. No, I'm just messing. Uh, he deserves <laughs> it so much. He, uh, I reached out to him – uh, in, in 2021 and, you know, getting, being involved with youth rugby and, uh, and Brad stuck his neck out and he's got a, he's, you know, he's such a likable guy and he's got, you know, all the guys want to hang out with him. So he started meeting me at some youth games and showing support and then it caught on and man, it was so, so cool because those kids are now playing their ever loving hearts out now that they have right. these iconic, heroes if you will watching them play it's so cool and then Seawolves have kept that going over the last couple years and man it's a it's a game changer for those dudes and Brad was just the he started a lot of that uh so I'm excited for him to go over there and and help Steve Lewis because Steve Lewis is instrumental in uh bringing rise of rugby over there in New York I love it, man. Like Steve Lewis, you know, he's their their organization is our biggest rival over here. But it's it's hard to hate them in that sense because they're so well run by him. Um, from that perspective, yeah. it, it it makes it hard to root against that guy because he is so awesome. 
Um, but yeah, I did want to oh, move yeah. on real quickly here because okay. uh, yeah. <laughs> there, there's only a certain amount of time that we have here, uh, Matt. I know that we could talk about this for hours and hours and hours. But um, let's yeah, move we'll over catch to- up. Exactly. Uh, Seattle has selected three picks in the most recent 2022 collegiate draft, including a guy I would have loved to have on the Free Jacks. That's kind of a theme that I keep talking about. But there's some players that I really wanted the Free Jacks to get, and they just you know weren't able to pull the trigger. One of them was uh, Shane Barry, a fly half out of UCLA. I just met his dad last night, as a matter of fact. Loved talking to him. Oh, but, really? Uh, yeah, his, uh, his dad, his name's David Barry. He actually is part owner of the Free Jacks. So it's, it's kind of a... <laughs> Kind of a wild scenario there, but um, I actually also talked to Shane's older brother the same day yesterday uh, about something completely different, which is pretty wild. But uh, talk about these guys and tell us what you think uh, they will become, how they're going to develop. Are these guys going to be impact players that the Seattle drafted uh, for 2023, you think? You know, uh, 2023, I don't know if they're going to be very impactful because I don't know where their rugby IQ is compared to these other guys. These guys, you know, the, the starters are polished. And these guys, I mean, I'm not – I'm sure they will develop. Uh, I hope they prove me wrong. Let's let's start with that. I hope they prove right. me wrong. But, um, you know, we've been around the horn a couple times, and uh, I'm going to guess that they're going to have to sit and watch and participate before they – so the first couple games, there's no way they're starting, not right. in my opinion. But yeah. mine's just an opinion. Um we had our uh, we had our SeaWolves social the other day, and mm-hmm. uh, Shane Barry was there, and and I put the Barry and, and his dad's name together prior, and I was like, hmm, is that a pot? Is I'm gonna wait till I actually meet this guy before right. I bring it up, before I go putting stuff on social media and looking like a you know jack wagon. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So yeah, he was our round one pick twelve. Um, got to meet him in person, uh, asked him about his father and it was like, <laughs> the light bulb went on and I was like, Oh my gosh, I totally. So yeah. I got all excited. Of course. That's and, awesome, man. And, uh, we were down in, uh, we were down in Glendale and, uh, I looked over at, at, at Steve Lewis and he was standing right next to David Barry and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, cause they were there repping the rambling jacks, uh, gestures, yeah. excuse me. Gestures, yep. And uh, um, and I was like, hey, have you guys been to a Seattle game? And, and he's like, yeah, you know. And, and so then the next thing you know, we realized who we were. And, and we, he's like, oh, you're that loud fan, et cetera. Yeah. So nice. putting it softly. And so now Shane, uh, Shane is, is clutch. He's, uh, he's got really good mannerism. Uh, he's, I've seen his film. He's quick. He's lightning yeah. quick. Really good decisions, quick decisions. Um, I mean, he's been playing since he was five years old, so that's that's yeah. pretty cool. I mean, that's his IQ. You know, I hope again. I hope he proves me wrong, but at the same time, yeah. let's keep in mind he's playing the same position AJ is playing, right? And right. AJ is just money, man. Like that guy can kick it anywhere on the field at any given time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe he had the most uh, conversions in penalty kicks in the league. His I think you're right. Is just far none. Um, I know that playoff wise for points, he uh, he tied. Uh, I want to say it's Peterson out of San Diego. Oh yeah, that uh, guy's money too for sure. He's getting a bit uh, wow. long in the tooth. Though. Yeah, still yeah, a good player so, though. So killer, killer player. Um, so 
so Barry, uh, like, you know, Shane Barry, he's going to be excellent. Um, we got a guy, uh, Samuel Wigert. Wigert? I'm probably butchering his name. Um, but uh, he's from Langley up in BC. And yes. uh, it'll be cool because we had Baller, uh, Brock Staller. We call him Baller Staller. And uh, hopefully they'll get some of their fans down here and, and, and join in the mix because uh, oh, yeah. they're only like a couple hours away, right? So yeah, that'd be cool. Far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He seems to he seems to be a, a, a game changer. He's he's ranked second in his position uh, his senior year of high school. So that's pretty wow. amazing. Uh, awesome. And then uh, lastly, we have uh, Neil, um, mm-hmm. and he was with Lindenwood. So I'm guessing Amher has watched him play a few times. Yeah, and, uh, sure. and he's from Ireland. So uh, I guess they'll. They'll try to figure out who's harder to understand, either Clarky or him. There you go. <laughs> You're gonna have to uh, get a translator. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it'll be fine. It'll be fun. Uh, but no, we we yeah yeah he should fit right in. We need him uh, because you know we're losing Travis Larson. Yes. And yep. Travis Larson has really just he keeps getting better and better and better. It's hard to watch him leave um, because he's just I mean top. Top ten in playoff MLR playoffs uh, score, and uh, man, just can't wait to see uh, what these other guys can do. And like I said, I hope they prove me wrong. For we'll sure. See. I mean, you know, when you draft these guys, I've been t- you know talking about this with each correspondent that I've had on. You know, the idea is to develop these players. You know, most of them are not going to be starting right away. I mean, some of them may be in impactful because you might have a diamond in the rough there but most of them are going to need a little bit of time maybe a full year or you know two perhaps to try to get these guys up to the the speed of the MLR and all of that sort of stuff that goes into that you know a lot of their not finished product is all that they have to be polished and and, uh they have to really you know uh get their games squared away before they're fully ready to take starting positions and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, these, these uh, development yeah. squads and these academies and stuff like that that are being built up by each individual team, that's perfect for those players because there's not a lot of pressure on them to immediately perform. They can kind of build themselves up. So uh, it's all encouraging stuff when we're talking about the draft. And, you know, one thing that I wanted to mention, I hate to bring the mood down a little bit, but I wanted to ask you about the departures so far for the Seawolves who are some of the names that will be missed by y'all this coming season? Obviously, Travis Larson headed to um, Toronto, I believe. Uh, that's a big loss yep. for you guys. And Brad Tucker, you know, yes. going to New York. Exactly. Um, he, I mean, he was typically a reserve, but, man, he, he's he, I mean, MLR player of the year 2019. Just saying, the guy is a stud. Um, I, I'm soft. Uh, uh, my favorite player that's that's been around uh and and became friends with him and his queen uh would be tim metcher uh that's his retirement jersey uh okay he kindly gifted me for my birthday uh i was moved uh but yeah so tim was huge you know uh, number three and uh he was instrumental in the sea wolves the entire time uh uh, man, gonna miss that guy. Gonna miss him a lot, actually. Uh, but on onward and upward, right? You know, everybody. Yes. I think you know he's done with his his rugby his rugby career. Learn how to talk over here. <laughs> and uh, you know he he played you know 
pro rugby with you know the Steelers and the Rebels, and yeah, he's an incredible guy. Uh, That's so cool that you have the other than that, there, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's 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 a huge deal, man. It's it's definitely a centerpiece around around uh, my office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks good. Too. My man cave. <laughs> yeah. You got anybody no. else you're going to be missing there? No, honestly, like I, a lot of them have just gone away to other other teams. So I'm excited. Like, won't be going to Toronto this year, but it would be awesome to see Travis because that guy yes. is he's just I, and watching him over the years, like he's just got more polished and more polished and more polished. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we will we will definitely uh, Ross Neal. Oh yeah, Ross Neal. I mean, talk about a giant winger. Uh, especially when we were there in, at the fort and uh, man, I remember him being on the field and not only is he tough on the field, but his skin is thick. Uh, some of the things that the fans were saying to him, bro, Oh my goodness. Like you, you, what? Um, I, I cannot repeat it. It was just so foul, <laughs> but uh, you know, what do you do? Uh, but you know, like he, he held his own and man, I sure. Yeah, I didn't. I, I never saw that part before, and I'm sure he's dealt with it many times. It's oh, just one yeah. of those where it's like, whoa! And, and then he just you know puts it all out there on the field, and and he's such a nice guy off the field too. Like he's just absolutely sincere and, and endearing. You know, it's just my, like how can you be so tough and so nice? <laughs> right. It's so strange. You know, rugby, especially professional rugby players, man. Like it is wild how nice these guys are, and and how badass they are on the pitch right i mean it's pretty incredible it's such a rare thing i think you know because in other sports you know some of our biggest heroes are absolute assholes i hate to put it to people that way but it's absolute truth in other sports they're jerks uh some of them are not all of them of course you know but uh in rugby it seems like 90 percent of the people that you interact with that are professional rugby players are just the nicest people it's 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 wild the 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 ratio Uh uh-huh so. Yeah, totally agree with you, man. Uh, let's let's change subjects for a moment here. Let's talk about Christmas because it's not too far away. We're in the month of December already. Uh, Christmas is coming up. What is your favorite Christmas movie and favorite Christmas tradition? Oh, good one. Uh, you know, favorite movie would be The Grinch with Jim Carrey. First, that's a good one. That's a good one. It's a classic. Uh, we did see Spirited last night uh, with Will Ferrell and Ryan. Yes, Reynolds. yeah, they were filming that... that in Boston last year or the year before. If I oh really? Correctly. That's right. Yeah, some of it at least was filmed in Boston. Yeah, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it yet though. That, uh, it's well, <laughs> it's a musical. So oh. yeah, so I'm not a fan of musicals, but my wife is, and so you know. Took one for the team, so to speak, and for uh, sure, yeah. it was pretty good. It was pretty good for what it was. <laughs> Kate, Caitlin but, loves uh, musicals, so I'm sure she would love it. Um, yeah, see, perfect, man. You yeah, just you exactly. just have a couple beers, sit back and watch, right? Exactly. That's that's the, that's all you can do. <laughs> just just smile and nod. Yeah, <laughs> this is great. that's a Christmas tradition, right? Hey, oh, we're watching sure, Christmas right? movies and humor in our others. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, being around the family Christmas morning, man, it, our family, typically, it's always festive. It's always a good time. So that is mm-hmm. definitely what I look forward to, the time together and hanging out. That's awesome. Yeah. 
I, I I say this every time, and and you know when we stack up these episodes with our correspondents or these interviews rather into the episode, people are going to be like, I know exactly what you're going to say, Phil. Well, you've already said it in the episode, but I'm going to say it again. Uh, <laughs> Christmas Vacation is my favorite uh, Christmas movie. I think it's hilarious. I watch it every single year. You can't beat Clark Griswold. He's the best of all time. And then I you know opening a present on Christmas Eve. That, that's just one. You can't you know don't okay. uh, be too greedy. One present on Christmas Eve, and then you open up the rest uh, the next morning. But uh, that, that's a good one there. Um, let's go into some silly questions here, maybe some unrealistic, some people might say. Let's say you win the lottery tonight. I'm assuming that Washington State has a lottery. I don't know for sure, but let's just, you know. Oh, let's yeah. Say, yeah. Uh, and you win tonight. Tomorrow you show up at the Seattle sea, uh, Seawolves owner's house with a suitcase full of money, and you say, take this. I'm going to take over the club. What is the first thing that you do to make your club better, Matt? Ooh. Ooh. How do you answer this without talking trash? Oh, man. Uh, no, uh, I'm joking. I know you uh, Oh, man. You know, the, the current staff and everybody, uh, they're synced. They're synced more now than they've ever been. Um, yeah. I'm a big fan. Uh, they, they, they've stepped up and helped me a lot and they, and you know, and in turn we help each other, but no, I, you know what I do is, um, I, I would, uh, I would get a, I get so the offices in the field, I, you know, get them together, yeah. uh, find yeah. somewhere to build the right, the right stadium with all the facilities and the, and, you know, the, mm -hmm. the clubhouse, you know, kind of like this place called rugby town. In Glendale, yep. Colorado. Yep, I've heard of it. I, I yeah, oh man, you, you know what? You gotta witness it. It's it's pretty glorious, to be honest. Uh, Jen and I have been lucky enough to go twice, and yeah, they they knew what they were doing when they were putting that facility together. I mean, they got I, I wish they were still the out of the stadium and everything. You know, I I just I wish they were still yeah. The yeah, I yeah, would love to go to for a USA national team game. I would definitely do that. I think that'd be a great trip. I've never been to that area before, never been to Colorado. So that would be a blast for sure. But I understand what you're saying. You're like, it's all there yeah. in one place. I mean, that is definitely a goal for every team that they should have facilities yeah. and maybe even the offices there at the stadium and the training, yeah. like the weight room, all that sort of stuff. The Free Jacks kind of have a little bit of that. They used to be really fractured where housing was really far away, and then they had to go practice, you know, 30 minutes down the road, and the headquarters yeah. was in Boston or whatever. Now, thankfully, they have the stadium there that you went to, and it does have the locker rooms yeah. and stuff like that, so they can practice there. There's also an indoor practice field that they have, um, you know, kind of further away. But I wanted to say that uh, ultimately the headquarters – where they work out and where they hang out and where the staff, you know, does their thing is all in one place now. And it's actually been remodeled. So it looks even better than it did last year. Hopefully we'll have a tour wow. of that very soon before the end of the year or uh, yeah, before the end of the year. So um, that is definitely a goal that teams should have. They want to make sure that everything is as seamless as possible. Everything is streamlined. Uh, and I think that's a great, uh, you know, concept that you're presenting is like everything should be in one place, right? It would make it easier for the, the, the players. Yeah, players, the, the staff. I mean, it just seems logical. I, I don't know. Like getting to go and see Houston too. Houston has their stuff all there. It's, they don't have a clubhouse, but they have this really cool stage at the end of one of the um, end of the uh, zones. You know, the goal and uh, huge bar. Um, 
they got live music. At least they did during the Western Conference. Uh, super cool. Um, I'm trying to look around, like uh, Utah has a good one too. Uh, nice. They got an academy there. Um, that was super cool. Uh, you know, getting to get out and, and see what everybody's working with mm-hmm. or not working with. Yeah. Uh, boy, that's that's an eye opener, and that's definitely something that I'm sure. Like, you know, without saying, everybody's working on improving. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we can, we can, you know, I'll go ahead and say it. You know, when you go into New Jersey Stadium, you're like, oh boy, this is, this is really eye opening here, boy. Uh, it's a lot different than Fort Quincy. We'll say that. And, you know, obviously we, we kind of poke fun at them, but they've had a hard time with that whole stadium thing. And it's tough. You know, Scott will talk your ear off about how the difficulties that they have with the, the location of where they're at and all that sort of stuff. But it is truly eye opening to see the difference, you know, between feast and famine, if you will. Uh, um, wealth and poverty, you know, with with the stadium setups and stuff like that. So, uh, let's move on before I talk too much trash. Uh, <laughs> well, next up, I want to, you know, because we're on this whole, you know, uh, dream scenario for you. Uh, let's say tomorrow the current owner calls you and says, "Matt, I want you to take over the general man- managing duties for the club." What is your first move? What position do you strengthen, and who do you realistically bring in to do that? This one stumped me. That, that stumps me because uh, Clarky's got control of everything, and he's doing a really good job. Um, man, I don't think I could improve it on my lack of knowledge of how to improve it. To be honest That's with fair. you, I know when That's to fair. I know when to speak up and when not to. That's so if anything, I would just uh, encourage the positive and like, okay, what do I want to do, and then just you know delegate the rest. Love that. You know what? You know, you're you're not giving me a lot with that answer, but I appreciate the honesty. Like legitimately, I appreciate the honesty, but you're just like, I don't know what I would do. And, you know, there's other people out there, like you're saying, the man behind the scenes mm-hmm. that can do that effectively. Um, but I will say if it was the shoe was on the other foot and now we've had people on here that basically say the exact same thing that you do, you know, about their talking about their GMs at their clubs and how how much they like them and stuff like that. I would throw or not throw them under the bus, but I would I would replace TK in a heartbeat if I had to. And I, I think I would do a terrible, terrible job. I'll just say that. But I would be like <laughs> super confident immediately. Be like, yeah, I can do this job. But I would be the right, one like- in the league. Absolutely the worst. <laughs> For sure. Oh man, that's and crazy. I love TK. Yeah, I love- I've got his number on speed dial. You know, I, I I I really appreciate what he does. I think he's one of the best in the league. But if uh, Max called me tonight and said TK is stepping down, you're the new GM, I'd be like, hell yeah, let's do it, brother. I'm gonna we're gonna get a shield tomorrow, and I would be the oh, worst. Man. I would be terrible. So yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be I'm fun gonna- to witness. I'll tell you that. For sure, for sure. The the rise and fall of the Free Jacks. For, <laughs> that would be the, the, the title of the documentary. Um, I, I might have to clip that up and send that to TK. I think that's hilarious. Uh, let's you talk should. about, yeah, let's, let's move over from the dream scenarios here and talk about last season. You attended every game for, away game for Seattle. Um, if you could only go to one away trip on Seattle's schedule for 2023, where are you going and why? All right, well, as you know, the fanatic in me uh, is already planning on going to two away games. So, boom. <laughs> uh, I can answer this one easy. Uh, Chicago. 
uh, yeah. Chicago. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to go to Chicago and see what Sam Harris is going to do there? That sure. guy is freaking Superman as a coaching staff goes. Um, yeah. Can't I, I can't go. I could go on and on about Sam Harris. I mean, like he, he's he's just like a lot of the key players that you and I and most all of us just love, and, and they, yeah. they're humble but yet tough and stern yeah. and. Yeah, Sam Harris is the man. He's going to do some big things there in Chicago once they, uh, you know, let him. Yeah, I mean, and listen, he's got a lot of pl- good players to select from there. So I think they're going to be a force yeah. in this league. You know, Dallas didn't have this great opportunity that, that Chicago has where two teams basically dissolved and, you know, they were able to pick the best of those players or most of the best of those players to try to have an opportunity to sign. So that immediately is going to yeah. make Chicago a contender. And I think what you're saying here is Sam Harris does a fantastic job at coaching. So I think he helps them become a contender yeah. and like a legitimate championship contender. Um, we'll have to see how the chemistry and all that stuff sort of goes, but he will have the yeah. you know, the pieces in place uh, to try to make a run for a championship. But I think that's an excellent choice with um, Chicago. I've heard a lot of people talk about they want to go to Chicago now that it's uh, uh, yeah. activated in MLR now. That's very cool. Oh, yeah. We're, we're heading to Chicago. The, uh, yeah. My wife uh, was born in South Bend, Indiana, which is about two okay. hours away. Yeah, and, uh, so we're going to go hit up Chicago. We're going to go check out Touchdown Jesus. For a week okay. and hang out with a fam, and, nice. and then we're gonna fly south to Nola and watch the gold, and actually Beautiful. go to a game in Nola because, like, we haven't been to a Seattle game in Nola, but we've been to a couple others. Um, and that should be fun. Uh, yeah. just to rock that house and see how loud we can get it. Because uh, I'm sure I won't be the only fan going from Seattle down there. Oh yeah, uh, that's a big. There's time a whole bunch of us wanting to go. Yeah. 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 Well, Especially on the East Coast, huh? Hell yeah, dude! I tell you what, man. You know, a lot Have of people talk. I've never been. I've never been. We were. I, we were actually talking about this last night at the Free Jacks uh, Winter Party. Is that I've never been down there. I've always wanted to go. The flights, you know, from the last time that I checked, are not that expensive. So that might be uh, not in 2023, but maybe 2024 might be uh, the destination for sure. Because I've never been down there, and I definitely want to go. How so. did you? Uh, how did your 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 party go last night oh it's fantastic it was uh, amazing the free jacks always do a stellar job at events like they whoever's doing their events or you know deserves a raise because that was a fantastic nice. little party you know the bunch of players were there all of uh you know mags and all of the staff were there just mingling among the fans you know shaking everybody's hand saying thank you so much for you know being there and supporting us and you know they had a little question and answer prior to the jersey reveal and the jersey look awesome you know i'm biased but you know i think they're the best in the league and have been since the free jacks you know came into the league people love the collars <laughs> You know, I, I will say this, uh, like, you know, when we're talking about jerseys, I know I, you're, you're giving me mm-hmm, that laugh right mm-hmm, there. I'll, I will mm-hmm. say this, that kit that you're wearing right there is fantastic. I think it's about a nine out of a 10, but w- the original um, Seattle jerseys where they incorporated more of the neon green, I think that is also a top tier kit. I wish they would go back to that. Um, I, I think those look fantastic. Yeah, the one with the skyline, the green Hell one with yeah. the skyline was one of my Hell favorites. Yeah. I, I that one at the championship. I'll uh, tell you what, boy. This yeah. one, this one, I was surprised they didn't come out with a kit this year like this one. When when they did the uh, reveal uh, yeah. in front of all of us over the weekend, I saw it and I was like, I mean, I like it. I like the new one because it's an orca, right? Orcas yeah, are black. Yeah. Let's stick That's awesome. there. What a concept, you know? And yes. and so instead <laughs> of biting off all these other Seattle colors, uh, 
we're, we're, we're making our own and, and I'm excited about that. That was a good decision in my personal opinion. I agree. I agree. I think the home kit yeah. was really good. The away kit, you know, it is, it is kind of what it is. The white I mean, one. Yeah. yeah. The white one looks a lot like last year's, which I wasn't a big fan of. I, you know, personally me, I think they should go with the neon green as the away kit and then either do the Orca black or maybe the Navy blue as the primary color. But you know, that's just me talking uh, as a fan from New England. Well, I'm laughing because you're, I'm laughing because you're over here like talking about the uh, away kit and such. I'm like, yeah, okay, so tell me, bro, what did they change on your jersey this year? I'm kind of curious. Uh, I don't think they needed to change much because it is the best out of all of them, and they've nailed it. They, they, once you reach the mountaintop, there's no further place that you can go to. You can go- you can only kind of circle around the top of the summit. You know what I mean? That, that That's all you can do. Ah, man. Ah, yeah. that, see, that just like, what, what, whoa, wow, what, what, oh, right there. What, what are those? You guys got oh, any of those yet? No, dang. Oh, man. All right. I got to give you some bad time. You, you got me on that one. You got me. Uh, let's talk about uh, – because you know you're, you're the expert here, you know you're our correspondent. Oh, so there we go. There's going to be at least myself and Caitlin. I know that Kenny is also uh, looking at coming yeah. uh, that way. Um, any recommendations for the brave Rangers from the Expeditionary Forces of the First Regiment who will be traveling to Seattle to see our Jacks play at Starfire Sports Complex on June the 11th? And just saying that, it's got me fired up. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, you guys are gonna have some great weather. Uh, that's, mm. I mean, June. It's gonna be yeah. You're gonna see the Northwest in its prime. I'm hoping so that way uh, you're not like, wow, it rains here a lot. But uh, <laughs> no, I like that you got the first regiment to travel, and I, you know that's like us with our traveling army. You know, it's so fun. Um, you know, you're gonna be good. You're gonna be in good hands, man. You know, like we as fans in general, we like seeing the visiting team fans come in and we yeah. will stop and we will say thank you for coming and and we just can't can't say enough good about you guys coming in and traveling and growing this culture and mm-hmm. and showing your dedication um you know bring a good bring a good time don't bring a chip on your shoulder because that's never going to go over yes. well uh you right. know root your team on i mean i'm going to encourage you to root your team on i'm going to i'm going to I'm going to move all around that stadium and I'm going to, I'm going to holler at you from different positions and we're going to have a great old time, bro. It's going to be great. That sounds yeah, awesome. It's going to be a blast. It will be, it, it, you know, uh, but like when, when traveling fans come, uh, you know, we didn't have anything planned this last year, but like we had some Toronto fans come in and like, wow, I mean, that's a trek Toronto to Seattle. I mean, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah almost as that's far not as, like, right Boston. down the road. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah we did far. a sweatshirt switch, you know, I had my I had my favorite sweatshirt too, and this guy's like, what, what do you got? And I was like, let's go. No and kidding. we swapped sweatshirts. Well, the funniest part was, obviously, I'm a pretty large human, and uh, he was not. So uh, his buddy got my sweatshirt, my wife got his, and we oh, both walked out of there. It was freezing cold too, because it was like, you know. February? Yeah, it was February. And I was like, well, I'm glad we did this at the end of the game. Because <laughs> uh, it was you, cold. You're bringing up a very interesting thing that um, Shannon mentioned. Signed jerseys as opposed to ball exchanges. Now, that could get pretty pricey, perhaps, unless it's yeah, donated by the club. But I don't hate that idea. I think that's, you know, that's uh, 
you know, something that could be done um, potentially, especially since it's such a big deal for, you know, the Boston fans flying all the way to Seattle. Maybe we just do that as a one-off type thing. Could be in the works perhaps uh, to just do like signed dirt. Mm. So, I wonder if it's in the works. That's that. Mm, yeah. It could be. I guess, it, I guess we're going to have to have a conversation after this and, and figure it out. And, for sure. You know, for if sure. we both have to step up, we both step up and that would be a blast. Absolutely. What uh, size do you wear? Uh, extra large. <laughs> extra large. Okay. I like yep. it. Uh, final question here, the, at least the final serious question. Uh, and this one is pretty serious because we're going to hold you to this. We're probably going to make some graphics at some point about our way too early correspondent <laughs> prediction. So what is your way too early win-loss prediction for the regular season for Seattle? And do they make it to the championship game once again? You know, that's a hard one. Mm-hmm. That's a really hard one because we have yeah. only eleven returning players, um, and wow. and you know that's that's it. Uh, man, I didn't think we we're going to make it to the championship this last year. Uh, mm-hmm. I know it's not sounding like a real super fan concept, but yeah, it was realistic. Um, yeah, I'm going to say twelve and four. In okay, season. That's I, very... I'm going to go for it because I love it. I believe in Clarky. I think Clarky's the man. All right. I, 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 you know, I put him and Sam Harris right at the top and, and, uh, Clarky, his mannerism, his, uh, his technique, his, his, the way he can read personalities is, is hard on, uh, I don't think we're going to go to the championship. I, okay. I, I think Chicago, I think Chicago is going to go to the championship. That would be really have something. enough talent coming in. That would be wicked cool. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, first year in the league and they make it to a, ch- a championship final, that would be that would be really something right there. I mean, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility. I think the West is not necessarily wide open, but you lose two really good teams and, and one team yeah. is the, you know, the beneficiary of a lot of that uh, success moving over for you know to Chicago. But there's some really good teams in your conference, including Seattle. And as you're saying, you know, you're pointing out the stars on your on your badge there. And and absolutely, we can't rewrite history. They have been t- uh, twice champions, crown champions, and they made it to the final last year. Yeah, and uh, a runner up, man. Woo. There you go. You know, I mean, it, it's legit. I mean, I, I I never say anything bad about Seattle because I I think they are. 100% for, uh, for real organization. And obviously they've, they've made, they've done that and they've won the championships previously. And I think the fans are fantastic. So you're never going to hear a bad word about Seattle coming out of my mouth. Um, and, and I think you guys have an opportunity, yeah. um, you know, to make it to the playoffs. I think that's definitely in the realm of possibility this year um, with everything that you're talking about and how awesome the organization is. And it is just, they are successful. That is the culture there that has been built up. Uh, it's not a coincidence for sure. Um, so, yeah, I think it's definitely a possibility. 12 and 4 is exactly what I have for the Free Jacks, by the way, in my way too early prediction Ooh. for them. So, a couple of our guys said the 11 and 5. I was five, totally going to ask you that. Yeah, uh, 12 and 4. That's what I what I foresee. And, and I, I think that uh, I think I wrote down that a loss would happen either the week before or the week after the Seattle game. But a lot of my guys that I had on, you know, the outriders that we have on this show, they said that we will lose at Seattle, which is a hell of a road trip for us to, you know, go to. But I don't, I really, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't put it down as a loss because I will be there, you know? So. Dude, yeah. you're going to have so much fun win or lose. It doesn't even matter. Oh, for We're just sure. going to have a blast. Hell yeah. Oh man. I cannot, I cannot wait to, uh, for us to catch up without being on the air and uh, see where you guys want to go, what you want to see and such. And, and just, 
we're just gonna gonna have a blast, man. Um, we're super excited, man. I, seriously, last I year, for the record, last year I thought you guys were gonna take it. I thought you guys were gonna take the whole shebang. Now, now I thought AG was gonna come represent the West Side, and it was gonna be you and AG and. And watching you guys play live and then watching that game, you I mean, like, you guys were beating the living snot out of Rooney for yeah. for the entire game. Uh, yeah. They just pulled that one out last minute kind of thing. And yeah, I mean, use the clock. Yeah, for sure. I mean, listen, you know, the referee was not not the uh, completely unbiased in that game. Uh, we will say that. Uh, it, but ultimately, it was for the Free Jacks. It was all in front of them, and unfortunately, we weren't able to get across the finish line there. I think the ultimate – a lot of people – I spoke to a lot of people that uh, are in your fan base, the Seattle fans, and they were really – had their fingers crossed hoping that it would be New England and Seattle in the finals. I think that would have been so much fun. Uh, we would have hosted you guys, you know, obviously at Fort Quincy. And it just unfortunately, it, it would have been the perfect opportunity for two great franchises yeah. and two great fan bases to interact with each other and all that sort of stuff and, and crown a champion of the Shield. But it just didn't, it didn't unfortunately work out that way. Maybe this year, right in 2023, Maybe. how fun would that be? Oh, man. That would be so uh, good. The, the level of, of professional, I you know, rugby IQ and the professionalism between like when we started this MLR and today, mm-hmm. what a night and day difference. Oh, yeah. I mean, the caliber of players is just incredible. Mm-hmm. And we're just getting started with this thing, man. That's what's so cool about right. it. Right. This is six years in. You know, the NFL and these other leagues are over 100 years old. So if this right. thing continues to grow as we hope it will, this thing is going to be the best in the world. Um, you know, as long as the money's invested the right way and the fan growth happens like we want it to. And, and that doesn't happen, by the way, unless we start inviting people that don't know what rugby is. So if people are doing that right now, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. If you're not doing that yet as a fan, please do that because it's not going to work otherwise. But just imagine 20 years down the road, this thing could be the best in the world. In terms of professional rugby yeah. leagues, that's not outside. What the do they call it? The sleeping giant. Yeah, right? yeah. I've been hearing that for a long time, and I, I still want to believe that it is the case. And I think the way that it can be the case is by making MLR the best professional rugby league in the world. And we have a part of that. Like a very, very small aspect of that is what you and I are doing right now, just talking, and people are going to watch this. And say, man, I want to be a part of this. I need to join my, you know, local club, or I need to be more involved in my professional team. This right deck next door, or whatever. Like, this is what it's what what is happening right now around the league. It is what is going to create the future of this league and make it so good. And that's what's so exciting, man. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting off onto a rant here, and that's not what I was trying to do because we do have. Nah, one dude, you're yeah. passionate. We love it. <laughs> For sure. I have one word association, then we'll get you out of here. So I'm going to say one or two words. And the first thing that pops in your mind, one word, throw it back at me, okay? Okay, I'll play along. Good, thank you. <laughs> the, the first one is Seattle. <laughs> the first one is Seattle. Oh, man. Two stars. That's what I'm saying. Two stars. That is two words, but I, I appreciate it. Um, the next <laughs> one is Broccoli Guy. This one is two words. Okay, broccoli guy. Oh, Jim. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jim. Okay, I'm going to just uh, leave then, it at that, Jim. Fair enough. Uh, the next one is Nirvana. 
classic. Nice, like that. I'm more of a Soundgarden, Alice in Chains guy, but obviously Nirvana, probably the most famous one coming out of Seattle during that era. Uh, the next one is Rugby. Community. Hell yeah. Starbucks. Overpriced. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to say something like that because some people like really embrace it, right? And some people are just like, rah, you know, overpriced, overrated. No. Uh, the, uh, the next one is a very good friend of both of ours, uh, and I'm surprised he hasn't called me during the show, Rucky. Oh! Awesome. I agree. He's awesome, man. He is the best. That guy, he's the got best. so much energy. He is so passionate. He loves this sport just as mm -hmm. much as us, maybe even more. I mean, after all, he's in that outfit running around when it's, you know, 95 degrees yep. in New Jersey humid not a not a uh, cloud sky to try and get some shade and he's running around in this all black outfit with no fans in it or anything just like yeah. sweat like he stole something you know yep oh man yeah he's the man dude nick is the man i agree a thousand percent other than rookie my favorite mascot in mlr and i don't care who knows it uh the final one is free jacks future champ I know it's two words, but future champions. I, I, I definitely I see that, man. I mean, I, I've been surprised you guys didn't do it last year. I know, man. Uh, this year might be our year. You know, uh, hope springs eternal in the offseason, Matt. So, you know, we're hoping over here that at some point, because, you know, I, I don't want to get off on another rant because we're ending the show very soon. Do it. But ultimately, this organization is so well put together. And I know that, you know, I know that you believe that Seattle is very well put together. And I believe that you believe that. And I believe that it's actually true because look at the success. But the Free Jacks are very well put together, whether it be Mags at the top in terms of leadership. TK is an excellent GM. And we've got a fantastic coaching staff uh, led by Scott um, Matthew. And then the players are fantastic. Look what they did last year. If we can just you know yeah. get some momentum into the playoffs, it will happen for the Free Jacks at some point. And I'm going to be there, and I'm just going to be having a blast, holding up that shield. Hopefully I get my hands on it at some point. Scott, the big guy Ferrara got his hands on it, so by God, I will too for the Free Jacks. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's super exciting. Uh, but with that being said, do you have any um, closing statements for the Rangers out there, the Free Jacks fans? Oh, man, keep on assembling. Keep yeah. on getting together. Keep on growing the community. Grab a friend, bring them to a game. Grab another friend, bring them to a game. Uh, uh, you know, buy a row out. You know, it's it's going to expose Americans to this lifestyle, community, sportsmanship of a game. It's the best thing. I agree a thousand percent. Let's get caught up on the comments here before we leave. Uh, Shannon is really cool. getting after it here. Shannon is awesome. Shannon and I have traveled uh, so many away games. Uh, she or Shannon, my wife and I, should I say? Uh, and even in Houston, when my wife was like, "Man, it's too hot," uh, you go ahead. Shannon and I met up in Houston and we had a hoot. Man, we tailgated. <laughs> she is awesome. She is so much fun. She's a very diehard fan. She actually got to have the uh, Western uh, Championship Cup brought to her house by. Nice. Uh, La Petty of all people. So an eagle. How about that? Very yeah, cool. Yeah, super Very cool. cool. 
Matt, this has been fantastic, man. I know that we could do this for like another three hours. Like the rants, the rants that I went on are only because the the chemistry that we have between each other, just talking about rugby, right? So uh, I, I'm happy to have you on again in the future. Um, I don't know how we'll Thank do you. this because you know I will be in LA and then Seattle when uh, we record the next version of this when we actually get back on the on the horn here to talk about the game prior to the Seattle game. So maybe we do it at your house as a live stream. Who so, knows? Let's we'll, do it, man. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. That would be uh, wild. But, uh, yeah, let's talk about that another time. I'm going to get off the horn here because we've been on for like over an hour. So uh, with that being said, I'm going to say one word to get out of here in three, two, one. Huzzah. Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I am joined with a very, very special guest this time around. That beautiful tree is in the background. This is Tammy McQueen. Tammy, how the heck are you? Hi, it's so nice to be here. Um, thank you so much for having me. I absolutely love this community. You uh, were so welcoming and made me feel so at home when I was part of the Free Jacks and I just such fun opposing fans. So I love joining you guys. Excellent. I'm so glad that you're on here. You are our Atlanta correspondent. You know, as you're alluding to, you were previously with the Free Jacks. And now that you're, you know, you lived in Atlanta the entire time. So that was one heck of a commute. So now that you're uh, hooked up with the Atlanta group, I just wanted to mention real quick, this is a storm along unfiltered interview with Tammy. Appreciate you having you on here. But for the folks that may be watching this right now or in the future that don't know exactly who you are, maybe they're latecomers to the game, you know, new Rangers out there. Um, what you know who who are you what is your rundown what's your personal and rugby background please yeah i often say that if you're born a south african you leave the hospital with a springboks jersey so you are yes. automatically a mm -hmm. rugby fan if you're from south africa um so born and raised in johannesburg south africa a small town big fan of rugby um grew up with it watching i've never played um but of course a huge fan of the mm -hmm. game um, got involved with MLR early on, um, mm -hmm. uh, quite a few years ago before COVID, um, and had the great fortune and opportunity to work with Free Jacks early on, um, early 2019, and um, had such fun with the team uh, in the early, early days. Um, everything from a marketing capacity to game day to um, spider in the parking lot. <laughs> I mean, we have some good times. Yeah. Um, so that was that. And then, um, of course, as you mentioned, based in Atlanta. So mm -hmm. when um, the team, uh, the Atlanta team was purchased by um, the same owners, you know, it made sense for me to mm -hmm. help build some of that same community and camaraderie with the uh, rugby ATL. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, have had the opportunity to do that last year, uh, the first year with the team, um, and really looking forward to uh, being back with the team uh, next year as well. It's a lot of fun. It's not my full-time gig. I wish, you know, that would be so much fun. Right. Um, so For it's sure. definitely something that I love doing um, during season and, of course, mm -hmm. you know, getting ready for season two. That's very exciting. I'm, I'm so happy for you that uh, you're continuing on your rugby employment with Rugby ATL. That is so cool. Uh, I think you're working the sideline this coming year, so that's very exciting for you. Let's talk about Atlanta real quick. Rugby ATL finished the regular season in second place in the Eastern Conference with 57 points, 11 wins, and five losses with a point differential of 158, which I believe led the league uh, for point differential, which is really impressive. What are your overall thoughts about last season? 
Yeah, I think these stats are great. Um, and I spoke to Coach Steve Brett a little bit earlier this week when you shared these with me. Um, and he, um, you know, we chatted a little bit about it. And, you know, we didn't finish the season where we wanted to, of course. Mm -hmm. But um, all in, after all the adversity that we faced in the beginning of the season, uh, we're able to grow a team that um, throughout the season over each match. Uh, mm -hmm. So we really can't complain about a really strong showing getting to the playoffs again. Mm -hmm. um, um, and, and built a foundation with an early team, brand new coaching staff, you know, with right. uh, Coach Brett leading um, the charge, um, mm -hmm. new president, Amanda Windsor-White. Um, right. So looking forward to the foundation that was built in the 22 mm -hmm. season um, and excited about what's next. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Rugby ATL is one of those teams that where you can't overlook them at all in the Eastern Conference. They've established themselves. I, th I like to call it the big three. It's New England, it's New York, and it's Atlanta as, as the teams to beat for sure. And that may be the case this year as well. Let's talk about Atlanta's future because we have this collegiate draft now in MLR, which is so exciting. They were able to select four picks in the 2022 collegiate draft. Talk about those guys, and do you think any of these young men will have an impact for Rugby ATL in 23? Absolutely. It's such a great question. So this year is unique to what we did um, last year. Um, mm -hmm. We wanted players from the draft that would fit right into the MLR and would mm -hmm. be able to play straight away. Whereas in the past, we picked out or we drafted project players that would play for the academy. Yes. Um, so I think we have four guys that are really going to make an impact and could start immediately in the MLR. Um, so I know the staff is really happy about that. That is exciting stuff. I mean, normally yeah. when we talk to a correspondents and we ask them about their draft picks, what they normally talk about is development, right? That they, these guys are probably going to be on the academy side for a while and try to, you know, basically polish their uh, their own tools and rugby skills to try to get to that next level, that MLR level. So if yeah. if the if, if rugby ATL was trying to make or drafting to make an impact for next year, that's very very encouraging stuff for sure. Tell us yeah. about the departures of every single team has departures. You know, the Free Jacks oh, are not no. immune to this, of course. So um, let's talk about. Uh, uh, the departures for rugby ATL. Who are some of the names that will be missed by y'all this coming season? Oh my gosh, what a great team we had in 22. I think there's a few that I can think of um, offhand. So Justin Besson, um, he picked up a big contract to head back home. Mm -hmm. um, Evan Minturn, Irish lad who's um, chosen to be closer to family. Sure. Uh, Marco Jansson and Rensburg. Oh my God, what a great player. <laughs> um, I know the, the, uh, the rest of the teams are thrilled about this. Mm -hmm. We're heartbroken. And he decided right. to move back to um, South Africa for family sure. reasons. He's got a little one that was born here, actually. Oh, wow. Um, okay. And picked up a big contract with the Cheetahs. That's right. Uh, Connor Cook and Eamon Matthews retired this year. Okay. Um, and Joaquin um, Mendia de la Vega picked up a contract um, in his home country okay. um, in Argentina. And then um, Ryan Nell picked up um, a coaching position in Houston. Okay. And do I even need to mention that we have uh, Connor Keys over at the Free Jacks now? 
Yes. Uh, so we're super excited about that pickup. You yeah. know, we're becoming Rugby South. Or excuse me, Canada South. I don't know why I said Rugby South. Canada, Canada South, South, Tammy. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, you it's, just it's signed another awesome. player today. Yeah. We sure did. Yes, we did. Uh, Spencer That's Jones awesome. is joining the Free Jacks, another Canadian international. So, yeah, yeah it's very, very exciting for us. Uh, we'll uh, be, have to be chugging maple syrup, I guess, and drinking taps. <laughs> you know, uh, taps. The uh, beer you know, flows, right? Yes, the, exactly. The, the, the Stormalong beer flows. So not sure. immune there. But, um, and I think they can handle the weather better than uh, the South That's Africans right. can. <laughs> That's very, very true. They're they're used to that yeah. cold weather. So, um, Oh, man. You're talking about a lot of these guys leaving for, you know, more money to go overseas and play. I mean, in the in the history of this league where we are at this point, that's kind of the way it, you know, we we applaud these guys. You know, we don't we don't want to say that, you know, they they're making mistakes or anything like that. They have to do what's best for their family and, and their own uh, pocketbook. And right now, just where we are, MLR cannot provide those huge contracts. So it's great to see those guys, you know, highlighting their skills right now in MLR and then going to bigger yeah. leagues uh, for bigger money. Uh, and then hopefully. Hopefully, if this thing continues to grow, maybe they we, they can come back um, and and play and and pay it forward. I guess is the best way to describe that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think they're great stewards of the game. Mm -hmm. um, I think they come over and really bring such an impact um, as yes. they hit the ground, and are great for some of those development and academy players as well mm -hmm. to play um, alongside such great talents. Um, I think that is a great training ground for those mm -hmm. folks as well. So, um, yes, a, a, a great brand for the for the league, mm -hmm. um, a great show for the league. And uh, I know that they go to each of their respective homes and can mm -hmm. say and, and share, you know, their experience as well. So hopefully that does extend long term. That's another element that you're talking about is getting these international guys over here. It helps our own domestic players tremendously to learn from yeah. these pros that have been playing the game since they were little kids. Uh, let's talk about the retained and incoming players for Atlanta. Now, this is something that we really haven't seen too much of. You know, uh, winning the social media battle, I wouldn't say that Atlanta's doing that because it's kind of, they're kind of flying under the radar with their incoming um, players. But tell us who have they retained and who are they bringing in that the Rangers should be aware of. Yeah, I think um, we certainly are keeping that mum at the moment, um, but we'll have some updates, um, some exciting updates in the, the coming weeks, okay. um, especially as we go into uh, pre-season. And I know yes. uh, both um, coaches are really excited to make those announcements and make a splash with that as well. Okay, you can't give us anybody that's coming in at this point. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I, you know what? When I spoke to Coach Brett um, earlier this week, you know yeah. he was he was pretty tight lipped about that. And you know, fair enough. Like, fair enough. Know when to push and when not to. So. Sure. Yeah, I understand. I understand completely. So I, you know, listen. I appreciate that. You know, you 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 asked and you you know you didn't get anywhere with that, but that's perfectly fine. We'll be on the lookout for sure with uh, with Rugby ATL's incoming players, um, yeah. and hopefully they can make a splash because I think a lot of teams have gotten better in the Eastern Conference, including the Free Jacks. Um, yeah. You know, we've lost some big time players and, you know, Bodine Waka comes to mind. Dougie Fife is going to be down there in NOLA, yeah. but we've replaced those guys with very, very promising players. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe some people aren't necessarily familiar with them, but uh, they have uh, pretty good yeah. pedigrees and resumes, resumes from overseas. So Absolutely. that's pretty exciting. 
Yeah, I think I think the existing players that we do have um, mm-hmm. that made some really big impact um, throughout the year, um, especially our forwards, um, you'll really see a lot coming back from them. That's good. Um, so it's exciting, really retaining a core group um, that have played well together, that work well. Um, and, and so, yeah, uh, Matt Heaton is, um, you know, really great on the captain front and mm-hmm. uh, excited about that. So retain players, looking forward to another strong year and incoming. Uh, excited to share that update soon. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, you know, the Christmas trees in the background looks lovely. Uh, Christmas is coming up. Uh, what's, you know, what's your favorite Christmas movie and favorite Christmas tradition? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I I don't know if I can put these in order, but sure. I have probably three Christmas movies that I'm going right. to go with. Um, Home Alone. Yes, that's a good one. Big fan of Home Alone. Um, oh, I have to go with National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It's that's my number classic. one. Yes. Okay, you're number one. Yeah. Love it. Um, and then, um, oh, I might get some flack for this, but Die Hard. The South African accents in there. It is a Christmas movie, I think. Um, And then, listen, if I have to go on the girly side, I'm going to have to go with Love Actually. So those are kind of my favorites. Fair enough. Um, I'm a big Christmas holiday fan. So this is my first real tree, by the way. Wow, how about that? that? I know. Like on top of the car to pick it out. And I don't really know. And I'm like on Google figuring out how do I – keep this tree alive what do i do <laughs> that's fantastic so any advice and support i will take all of it i think um, you just got to keep it hydrated i think that's hydrated. one of the key things yeah make sure there's some water down there don't let it dry out i think is the key okay thing. Yeah. Um, i can manage that so yeah looking forward to it um you know we don't get snow in atlanta thank goodness and if it's we true. do it shuts the whole city down yes um so I'm going to have to pop up to uh, Boston in the coming weeks um, just to get my, uh, my snow fix. And, uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm still friends with so many folks um, in the yeah. rugby community and stay in touch with them. So, uh, yeah, I'll have to do that to get my snow fix. And only a little bit, and then I'm going to go home. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. You can only take so too, uh, you know, a little bit of it and have to get back. Oh, my there. gosh. Yeah. I understand. I'm looking out the window right now. We did get a little bit of snow for the first uh, snow accumulation of the season about two days ago, and it's, you know, it's, wow. it's cold, so it's it's still there. So, I don't yeah. know. I think I don't know how you don't have PTSD still from uh, the St. Patrick's game. That yeah. was horrific. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty chilly. It was pretty chilly for sure. You know, it rained, and that was kind of a bummer. And then it turned oh, into snow. Man. It was. Uh, yeah, it I mean, was it's just New England, cold. right? It's just New England. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about. We'll do a couple silly questions here. Um, let's say you win the lottery tonight, right? Oh. Uh, and tomorrow you buy rugby ATL. You call up uh, Eric, and he's and you say, you know, I'm going to go ahead and buy the team from you. Uh, what is the first thing that you do to make the club better? Oh, God. Well, with lottery money, we're going to play at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium okay. where the Falcons and Atlanta United play. So that's where sure. we're going first. <laughs> right. Yep. Great atmosphere there, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I think I'd probably take care of cal- uh, salary cap considerations for the whole league. There you go. Um, so we can really level it up real quick. Um, yeah. I think. So I think, yeah. So here we go. Three things. How about that? One, okay. um, stadium and fans. Yep. Two, mm-hmm. we're going to take care of salary cap considerations for the entire league. Um, and three, um, we're going to get a rugby facilitated um, in grassroots. So all grassroots programming paid for. 
Nice. Love yeah, that. I think that would definitely help. I mean, I, every correspondent that we've talked to, Tammy, has said that they want a better stadium situation. Um, yeah. So that is across the league. You know, we haven't spoken to a Houston correspondent, but I think they're all set. But they're really the only one that has a rugby-specific stadium in this stadium. entire yeah. league. So um, I understand why that would be a number one priority for people. And grassroots, like you're talking about, more money needs to be thrown at that. You know, we need to have better coaches mm -hmm. at all levels and better oh, referees, yeah. you know. Uh, speaking of the last game of the season for the Free Jacks, better referees is definitely necessary across the board. We won't get too far <laughs> into that because that's a that's a, brings up. So you talk about, yeah. talk about PTSD that that brings it up for sure. But oh, uh, yeah, gosh. for sure. Um, and then of course, you know, we want to have um, really good wages and salaries for the guys that are playing in MLR to try to keep them here as long as possible and not be Absolutely. lured away to other leagues. Uh, that would be yeah. a fantastic. Um, step in the right direction for sure. Lottery winnings allocated already. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love that. Uh, the next one's a little silly as well. Um, let's say tomorrow Eric calls you, the current owner calls you and says, Tammy, I want you to take over the general manager duties for me. What's your first move? What position do you strengthen and who do you realistically bring in to do that? Oh, wow. Um, God, you know, I think one of these things is I, I'm just in my, in my day today, I think about hiring people that are absolutely brilliant at what mm -hmm. they do mm -hmm. and letting them run with it and absolutely go um, run into brick walls by doing that. So sure. I'm very, I'm well aware of what my strengths and weaknesses are. My strengths are not <laughs> in the GM role. <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, you know, I think really providing the resources and the support for the coaching staff that they need mm -hmm. um, so that they're able to provide the attention that they um, that the players need, um, okay. whether it's conditioning, mental preparation, uh, getting on the road, that turnaround, you know, getting back after road games, turning around on those short weeks. Yes. I think that's really challenging for every team. Mm -hmm. um, so being able to create the structure um and the processes for the team to function mm -hmm. like a well-oiled machine yes i think i think that's really important so that project management process management is incredibly important mm -hmm. yes. um if i can get someone in there to do that um and run with it ideal very good very good some people that we've spoken to when we've asked this of our correspondents in other mlr markets some people say, you know, I would keep the current GM and I would let him do his thing. I mean, I think that's very nice. But I've said in the last uh, interview that we did, um, I would definitely take the job, but I would be absolutely terrible at it. Like I would, <laughs> I would have like the utmost confidence and I would just like burn the whole thing to the ground accidentally, not on purpose, not out of any malice. I would just be a terrible GM, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that that's not my that's not my sweet spot. Um, sure, so yeah. I, I'm going to have to hand the reins over to someone who can. Might make Fair a enough. call over to South Africa, maybe there's, yeah. but I think our, our team is phenomenal. They really yes. are. I mean, Amanda's terrific at what she mm -hmm. does. Um, Stevie is phenomenal. So big fans of the the group and the team and the leadership is just remarkable and training staff. And, um, you know, I can't say, I uh, can't say enough about them. Before we jump to some other questions regarding Fort Quincy, I, I know you want to get to that, but I, I do have a question for you. I know that the Rattler, or excuse me, Rugby ATL does have this mural of a rattlesnake in their training, like, gym area. 
and I do remember at some point they had that logo that they used that had a rattlesnake on it. Now that has transitioned back to just the 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 A that we're all familiar with. Why is rugby ATL, ATL not embracing that mascot? Uh, excuse me, the um, mascot aspect of a rattler. Do you know the answer to that? You know, I think um, the Rattlers really came from the fan group of mm -hmm. um, if you put, um, you know, rugby across an ATL down, mm -hmm. you're going to have rat it's R-A-T-L yes. and that's sort of right. the Rattlers. Mm -hmm. um, and so the fan group just as... Um, you know, Jack's Rangers came about. Um, sure, yeah. We really had those fan group as that. So I think we absolutely respect and inspire a lot of the fans to mm -hmm. uh, be part of um, that fan group of the Rattlers. I think mm -hmm. identifying as rugby ATL is core to who we are. Mm -hmm. um, we are a professional team that represents the city of Atlanta. Yes. Um, and I think that's important too, just as, um, you know, rugby uh, New York has truly said that very clear about mm -hmm. where they are. And so, yeah, we're the team that represents the city um, and, and everything that had um, has built. So absolutely embrace it, believe what it's come from, uh, would never just dismiss it or walk away from it. So have a lot of respect for that. Fair enough. Um, let's talk about, uh, other than Fort Quincy, what is your dream away trip on Atlanta's schedule in 23 and why is that the case? Oh my gosh. You know what? NOLA is such a fun city. <laughs> so I think that's always a good visit. Yeah. I'm going to say it's Chicago, in yes. the summertime, at the end of yes. the season. There you go. You know what? At the end of the season. Keep yep. me out of – listen, even the Fort Quincy trip is a little dicey for us. Yes. Yeah. In terms of weather, yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. In terms of weather, um, Austin is – so I love thinking about the cities, right? So Austin's a fun city. Nola's a fun city. Mm -hmm. um, I think that'll be good. Love to see what New York's doing with their pitch. Um, yes. uh, where, uh, where we will be playing in New Jersey. Um, so that'll be good to see. It was recently announced that they are going to be in the state of New York, but it's in like the suburb area of Manhattan. So they, they've got themselves a renovated stadium. So and they're, and they're finally going to be able to sell alcohol, Tammy. So that's pretty good. Let's go to New York, baby. <laughs> Perfect. You know, we had uh, our other correspondents have said, um, you know, Chicago's on their list for sure. I mean, a great town, a great sports town, and brand mm -hmm. new into the league. So that'll be very good as well. Um, I'm, I'm going, going to Seattle. I'm only going when it's the weather, when the weather yeah. looks good. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. I saw you booked your Seattle trip. Yeah, I can't wait. Never been oh, to the West amazing. Coast ever in my life. I, the furthest I've been is uh, Las Vegas uh, when uh, the free were up there. It's a long for you. It is going to be a long one. Five hours? Six hours, yeah. Oh, uh, six wow. hours to there, five hours back. So I'm going to be driving myself crazy, um, you know, oh, just man. sitting in my seat. But, yeah, it should be a fun time. I'm ex extremely oh, that's excited. That's awesome. Yeah. That'll be fun. Great. What a great matchup, too. Absolutely. Two powerhouses for sure. Yeah, you're going to have to get on the same flight as the boys. I, I did that when I went to uh, Toronto last year. So did they were you? on the same flight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. It was, it was pretty cool because uh, I was in first class and they all had to walk past me. We all did fist bumps as they were getting to their seats. So that was Come on, fun. you didn't give the tallest guys like a... a no, no, no. I'm tall enough. I, I need the leg room. So, okay. Yeah. That's true. I was about to say, come, listen, that's a brutal flight leaving mm -hmm. the West Coast, coming back. You lose the whole day. And those poor guys yes. like are miserable for mm -hmm. days afterwards for being like just so cramped. I, I think people don't 
understand the vastness of how big this country is. I know South Africa is very large as well, but uh, some of these players are coming from very, very small places on, uh, on the globe. And the United States is just not uh, that. The, the travel, you know, going six yeah. hours. I mean, a lot of these players go an hour uh, to their opponents and that's it. Like mm -hmm. they just don't quite compute oh, yeah. the, the, the struggle that that puts on their body and whatnot, the, the travel it's time. It's crazy. No, yeah. I think also um, when you think about, South, the size of South Africa. Mm -hmm. So if you're having like the Sharks play um, the Stormers, that's a two hour flight, for example. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I think you can fit, I think it's two and a half of Texas, two and a half times of Texas is the size of South Africa. Okay. Okay. To give yep. you an idea. So it's like, it's so small. Yeah. But the vastness are, and the differences when you go to each of these states, how unique they are. Yes. Um, and the unique fan bases too. Um, it makes sure. it special. It's pretty cool. Absolutely. It does. It's yeah. so cool that the cultures are being built up all over the country with these MLR mm -hmm. franchises everywhere. It's awesome for sure. Yeah. Uh, can we expect you to see it at, at Fort Quincy, um, to experience the best MLR atmosphere on April the 22nd? That's still going to be cold weather time, Tammy. You bet. Absolutely. <laughs> Wouldn't miss it. I was there last year for, a, yeah. uh, for the away game. Um, yes. and I'm really looking forward to it again. Um, this coming year, I can't wait to see Mags again. Yes. Um, and the rest of the team. So it'll Very be fun. Cool. Some of the new players, I think uh, there'll be some South Africans again on the team and mm -hmm. we'll miss the old favorites, but, um, of course, yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah. It'll be good. That's That's great. We're, we're excited to see you, um, when you come up, I'll here be there. Sure. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, do you have any recommendations for the brave Rangers from the expeditionary forces of the first regiment who might be traveling down to Atlanta to see their Jacks play in the snake pit on June the 2nd? Oh, I have everything, whatever Let's you go. need, I will map out a whole itinerary for you, <laughs> but I will say one thing. You absolutely yes. cannot leave this off your list. Atlanta is known for chicken wings. Okay. So you have to go to the local for chicken wings and absolute cheapest like a pb you get your wings lemon lemon pepper wings or whatever you like if you buffalo um and like a pbr mm, that's okay it. you know or Gosh. if you want to check some storm along beer you can um you check it in Appreciate the luggage that. um <laughs> Um, so definitely the local. It's a great spot. I will say that after the match, um, the battery is nearby. That's where the Braves play. And that's a yes. great post-match, mm -hmm. um, fun place to go hang out. Good that's for the players, good for the, the fans. It's a good spot. Very good. Yeah, I highly I'll be recommend happy to all offer things. a whole guide for you. <laughs> you know, I grew up uh, right outside of Charlotte and Charlotte and Atlanta kind of have a bit of a rivalry, but I will say that Atlanta is a good time for like a weekend trip or something like oh, that. It, it is a great city to go to for sure to visit. Uh, yeah. I would say definitely go, if you've never been before, go to the Coca-Cola experience there in downtown uh, Atlanta. That is a good time. Sampling yeah. the Coca-Cola products from all over the world is a blast for sure for the Rangers out there that might be making that trip. And you got to get yourself a Georgia peach and enjoy that as well, for sure. Oh, Highly recommend listen it. to you. You are <laughs> on the board of tourism for Atlanta, signing you up right away. <laughs> Appreciate that. I've been down there a couple of times, so I know a, a few things. Um, so I'm going to hold you to this as well. We're making a graphic with all of our excellent uh, correspondents. What is your way too early win-loss prediction for the regular season for Atlanta? And do they make the playoffs again this coming year? Yes, they make the playoffs this year. Of okay. Course. Yes. Um, confidence in the playoffs. 
win loss. Oh God, I can't give that. Way sure. too early. I'm gonna Come on. going to the playoffs. They're gonna have a great win loss ratio. How okay. Okay. How Fair enough. Going to the playoffs for sure. Uh, I all right. have to say that. What, what kind of correspondent am I if I say they're not going to the playoffs? Come <laughs> Listen, on. <laughs> all of our correspondents, even if their team is very not very good, uh, they all think that they're going to have an excellent record this year. But that's what it's all about being a fan, right? You, you right? Hope, hope springs eternal in the offseason. Our D.C. correspondent, God bless him, said that they would win. I think he said 10 games or 11 games. I mean, they won – three you know last year do we know how many we have like 18 games this season we have 16 games yeah 16 16 games oh that's with the the playoffs okay so 16 games and they winning 10 they're they're supposedly winning 10 in the regular season so i mean you know god bless i don't think that's going to be the correct number but i'm glad he's optimistic exactly i I, I know Steve would absolutely kill me if I came out here with a number and told you guys, listen, this is our win-loss record. He would absolutely murder me. Fair enough. Fair enough. I listen, I'm saying we're going to the playoffs. Um, and you would never see me on screen again if I give you some numbers. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So the last thing that we like to do with all of our guests, I'm sure you're familiar with this at this point, is the Storm Along One Word Association. So I'm going to say one word or maybe two words. And the first word that pops in your mind, let me you know what that is. Me with this. I really like get prepared for this. Hold on. It's wild. Like some people, are, they they become like a deer in the headlights, but I, I don't no, quite I'm understand. Ready. Yeah, I'm I, I believe that. I know you're going to kill it. You're going to kill but it. Like, Give me some good ones. Like. Hold these on, are pretty good. Ahead. These are pretty good. I spent all of about 30 seconds coming up with these, so I'm very confident that you'll be able to get them. <laughs> all right. So the first one is Atlanta. Uh, peaches. Love it. Next one is our favorite team, other than our respective teams in MLR, Manchester United. Oh, lifelong fan. Yes, me too. I would say champions because they've been champions 20 times in the premiership. Okay. <gasps> That's the enough next... on the season, though. That's we can't talk more about them. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're they're gonna come back. You just you watch. I mean, right now they're kind of rebuilding, so we'll see what happens. The next one is yeah, your yeah. very good friend, Christy Kershey. Oh, champion! <laughs> yes, yes, I saw them oh. over the weekend. What is that? Two uh, bronze medals in a row. Two they're killing medals. it right now. She's so awesome. happy. For them. I'm, I'm beaming. I'm I'm so proud of what they're doing, and she is just a dream so big fan she's been on the show I, I really enjoyed having her on there i tell everybody like if people aren't really rugby people i'll say i had an olympian on my show that's how legit we are so i appreciate her appreciate her coming on here let me tell you she is a dream she will talk to everyone she mm-hmm. will spend time help grow build the 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 sport um a dream big fan i agree i'm a big fan as well next one is rugby heart i yeah. mean i think it's the heart of community it's the mm-hmm. heart of so many new different types of sport um yeah. it's the heart of a country right it's a yes. sport that has really brought south africa together in so many mm-hmm. tough turbulent times yes um and i think the players bring so much heart to what mm-hmm. they do so yep. and the fans too that's a great way to put it for sure. The next one is your home country of South Africa. Springboks. Yes. Excellent. Love that. That was so fast. Next one is Free Jacks, the last one. Let's ride. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Um, hey, listen, I'm good. At, I'm, I'm, I'm on it. You're on it. Tonight. You're on it. 
I love that very much. Thank you, Tammy. We always enjoy having you on here every single time. I'm so glad that you're our Atlanta correspondent going forward. You did a fantastic job. Any, um, I'm going to open the floor to you since we have just a little bit of time here. Um, any message to the Rangers, the Free Jacks fans out there? What do you got to say to them? Yeah, I am such a fan of this community, and it's mm -hmm. so special to see. I think it's really unique in the league, and what you and many of the other guys have built is something special. So I love to see that you keep doing it and building it year after year. Mm -hmm. um, it's inspiring to see, and I think rising tides lift all ships. So great way to put um, it. It, it's great to see. It's great for the game. It's great for the league. I love the healthy, fun competition. Mm -hmm. um, it's fun. You welcome everyone into the community, whether there's Free Jacks fans or um, observers or mm -hmm. just interested in the game. Yes. And I love that. And I think you're so um, inclusive of everyone. And I love it. So um, I'm excited to see you all again uh, next season and be there and um, have a couple beers with you all. Hell yeah. Uh, it's going to be fun. I can't wait. And just thank you for what you do for the game, really. You're I'm very here. welcome. Thank you for coming on here. This has been fantastic. Okay. We've got one word to get out of here. I think you know what it is. And you can say it with I me since it. you were previously a Free Jack uh, employee in three, <laughs> two, one. Huzzah! Huzzah! All right, Rangers. Tell us how we did. Send us an email at jacksrangershow at gmail.com. Continue to interact with us on social media. Every time that we make a post, please comment and like it, as so many of you do. There will be a very, very special announcement that takes place tomorrow, Thursday, December the 15th, after 12 noon Eastern time. That will affect the show going forward. Super excited for that announcement. And from that announcement, but there will be some upcoming special events, I'll call them that, uh, that will take place in the coming weeks. Be on the lookout for Way Too Early Part 2. That will be dropping no more than two weeks from now as we trot along here, as we ride along together, Rangers, towards the beginning of preseason and just a few months away from our Free Jacks kicking off the 2023 season. Once again, thanks for riding along with us here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I've got a couple things, and we'll get right out of here. Saddle up, let's ride, go free, Jacks, and huzzah, baby. Woo!